Welcome to Biggest Geekcast. We're your hosts. I'm Randy. And I'm Joe. This is episode 122 of the show. The date is Tuesday, January 17th, 2022. What's up, yes, man? It yes, it is. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, got, a, got a nice little uh, crowd going so yeah, far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got quite a few. Is, uh, is that Patrick with a new, uh, what are those little doohickeys called? Open D is that or is that somebody else? Or is that L? That's L. L. That's L. Okay. Thought I saw Patrick in that, so my bad. So L's been he's in the house. Mr. Reactionary Principal Gamer, he's here. Martinson's in the house. The the man with the very longest uh uh screen name. RPG with Mr. Max Boivan. Dude Max. Mr. Max. I hit my Max today on the press. 180 pounds, 13 times. Ooh, 120 more, and I can bench as much as him, or at least as much as we talked about benching me. <laughs> <laughs> but I doubt if that's all he can bench. Let's so I did. See. So it's pretty sweet. Not. Bear yeah. with me a moment. I just uh, when everything's in a little backwards today because of coming in hot from work. Yeah. Um, Come on, dude. But uh, so anyway, this week. Uh, we had a pretty good week. I don't know if we'll wait to talk about it, but uh, do you want to shout out our peeps at Nerd Cognito? <laughs> um, one moment, one moment. Oh, let me just talk to everybody else then, see what's cooking. Aaron Dragon, Aaron said something. I'm trying to find a comment. He made it earlier that uh, RPG Pundit had another, had another post. Yeah, the Wizards of the Coast garbage just keeps rolling in. Yes. Dude, we can't get away from it. Yes, we cannot. We cannot. So that's why we, we're going to have Grim, uh, Grim Jim yeah. on in a little bit, just a, just a little tiny bit. Before, right before we do that, um, the fellows over at Nerd Cognito and uh, the fellows over here at Big Geek, uh, Big, uh, Biggest Geekus and Big Geek Emporium, our uh, partnership isn't exactly the right term, but they're doing some ads for us. And we're going to do uh, a shout out for them. Uh, so scratch the back, scratch the back, scratching backs, uh, <laughs> which we're going to try to do a lot more of going forward. So, yeah. Um, with that said, you guys should, if you aren't already listening to Nerd Cognito, which is a podcast, just a podcast, they don't do any video at the moment. Um, Ryan, it's Ryan David and Bert. Bert, I don't know Bert's last name off the top of my head. You do, though. Ryan and Bert over at Nerd Cognito. They're good folks. They talk about um, a more wide swath of gaming in a much shorter time. It's usually around a half hour. And uh, they talk about the RPGs a bit, uh, tabletop. Um, Board games. Board games, video games. They get into the the um, media, movies a little bit, and yeah. I think comics too, a little bit. A lot of Kickstarter stuff they'll bring up with the board yeah. games. They're big fans of board games. They sound like they have a crew that likes to play play quite a few board games. Looks like L's bringing some info. Randy said, more leaks tomorrow about Watsy and Hasbro and their treatment of employees. Malachi says, uh, Crafty said, Crafty Matt, I assume, says Watsy was going to make some announcement today. Okay. Welcome, Legion of Myth. What's up, my man? Great crowd. Cool. Yes, but if you if um, you are not already hooked up with them, go to 
your podcatcher of choice yep. and search for Nerd Cognito. You can also go to nerdcognito.com and that will uh, lead you to, I'm pretty sure they have some episodes up there you can listen to. And and uh, yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah, and where we're long form, they're kind of medium form. Right. They put about an hour in each time. It's nice. They but they have a, um, a nice dynamic between the two of them. Um, Bert's more um, moderate. Yep. And um, um, Ryan is a bit of a firecracker. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that. that's a good way to put it. Yep. So, yes, Nerd Cognito in your downtime. Hmm. All right. So, with that, just welcome everybody in the chat. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have anything else that we were going to talk about. Not right now, but at the end, we got some news with the big geek stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, go to. Um, uh, Big Geek Emporium. Yeah. And click on merch. We have merch. Patrick shouted us out early on. He was right on mm -hmm. top of it. Buy Biggest Geekest merch. Get a Watsy Tears mug. Mm -hmm. That is the sweetest mug ever. I ordered several already and probably we're going to give one away soon because I bought three. So, yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. So, without further ado. We're Speaking of firecrackers. <laughs> there he is. Blown up. Welcome, Grim. Oh yeah, glad to oh, be here. Great, great to have you on. Um, so why don't you go ahead, um, as long or as short as you want to take, and do a, a quick, you know, who is Grim, and then we'll proceed with the um, shenanigans of the past couple of weeks. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am James Grim Desborough. I founded Postmortem Studios as my own personal imprint. I've been working professionally or semi-professionally in the RPG industry since 1998. Uh, myself and my writing partner wrote The Munchkin's Guide to Power Gaming, which eventually spawned Munchkin the card game but we never got any money from that so that sucks <laughs> just waiting for that lightning to strike again wow um i've worked for wizards i've worked for steve jackson games i've worked for mongoose publishing cubicle 7 entertainment uh but i've burnt so many bridges i never met a bridge i didn't like to burn uh that i mostly just uh, work for myself these days occasionally oh, team up I, with people I, i'm in such a mood grim so i'm sorry but i'm just picturing you like well that's done <laughs> well <laughs> I, I, I wonder if your burning bridges was on purpose or just grim being grim and people well so you you could call me ornery and obnoxious and prickly or you could say on principled it really depends which <laughs> we'll go which with the second we'll go with the second bro <laughs> Um, but there are there are certain things that people do that um, I regard as beyond the pale. Or if treat, people treat me poorly, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not up with that. I, I put the same expe expectations on others that I put on myself. So when they fail to stand up for something, it it really <laughs> pisses me off. And that's probably responsible for most of the bridge burning. Uh, I was heavily involved in Gamergate. Uh, which made me a toxic property to, to a lot of people. Um, these days, I feel like uh, sort of almost the, the last libertarian left person <laughs> in tabletop gaming. Um, 
Yeah, me, me and Jim Raji have a lot in common. Gotcha. Of all those companies you listed, do you, st- do you are you kind of on the out with all of them, or did you kind of leave at least one of them with good terms? Um, Wizards, so I mostly worked for them before, during, and just after the fourth edition mm-hmm. swap. And they seem to change their policy on hiring freelancers around that time. Oh. So things just kind of dropped away. But uh, it wasn't a brilliant experience <laughs> freelancing for them. The money was good, but that was all. Uh, Cubicle 7 changed changed owners. And I'm just not as in with the, with the new people so much. Um, and they've taken things in a different direction. Uh, Steve Jackson Games... The whole Munchkin thing kind of put a put a damp <laughs> on that. Well, whenever um, you said you guys didn't get any money, that seems kind of crazy if it led to the development of the- it. Was our first contractual job for another company, and uh, love him or hate him, Steve is extremely business and contract savvy, and it was a shitty contract. But it was oh. our first our first big job for someone else. So yeah, we weren't really in a position to argue. Look, I'm I'm a I'm a pretty hardcore capitalist, but dude, you also got to treat people with respect. And new people, why would you want to hose them? Give them a bad taste for the for the for the industry. You know, hook them up. Don't be so harsh. Give them a little break. That would be my philosophy. I want <laughs> I want them to keep coming back, right? So, but that's yeah, that's funny. Yeah, the guys in the chatter. I don't know. If, I, I have a question. Allegiance says, Graham, white is that white Chester is fantastic. And he's yeah, about it. I don't know that. I know very little of your stuff. So, oh, okay. And that's a, is that an RPG? Looks like an RPG. It's a multi-system city crawl. Oh, okay. Um, sort of pseudo-historical. Um, and that's that's almost all text, but okay. it's designed. I like that. Yeah, yeah it. I mean, that, it sounds intimidating when I say it's like 500 pages of mostly text, but that's all there to make the games master's job easier. Like you could pick this up and play it, having only read the introduction, and then you could oh. just go. So. So it's not. It's not. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not a. What is it when it's in the. <laughs> when it has no, it has stats in it for some games, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, statted for fifth edition. My spin on fifth edition rules: Morkborg and OSR. So, gotcha. if you're into any of those, you can just yeah pick up and play. Well, check it out. That looks kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, Baronaf. Okay, new guy in the chat. Hey, welcome, Baronaf. As far as I can tell, sometimes the chat goes by <laughs> fast, and I don't catch names, but. I love the offhand. My book is thick for an indie. Flex. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Graham, I thought I would, and you're probably picking it up already. One of the things, Joe and I, we love to interact with the chat. So we'll do it as we go. I don't know if you've ever seen an episode of our of our show. We interact a lot with the chat. So I'll try not huh. to interrupt you, but I'm really bad. And you can say, shut up, Randy. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I think uh, interacting with the, with the chat is part of the whole thing. So. And but, uh, speaking of interacting, your microphone is not interacting very well. You Mine? sound a little muffled. You Mine sound no, Jim's Grimm's is good. Do I, I sound can... muffled? You sound like a tunnel. Okay, probably because I'm too far away from my mic. How am I? How am I sounding to you, Grim? Your yours is you, you both sound okay to me. Oh, okay. So it's I'm. You and I, Joe, are probably not. 
You think as long as we've been I mean, we're in the same country. <laughs> <laughs> we've been running these stream games on tabletopless for like a couple of years now, and we still have technical issues every single episode. So, well, expecting three different microphones, three different cameras. Over. <laughs> However many wires and airwaves this takes to all work together seamlessly is probably that's probably not a four-digit product. That's not a four-digit product. <laughs> that's not a four-digit uh, uh, combinatorics. I, I feel like it should work. <laughs> that's the guy with no technical savvy. <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit more than four. <laughs> no, I said four-digit. If, if you got three, if you got three, three, and three. That's already twenty-seven. So. Lots of stuff. Anyway, no one wants to hear math. <laughs> I have a question, Jim. So let's get back to that. But uh, when did you start in the hobby like, as a player? Did you start with the classic D&D red box or something like that? No, um, I'm kind of unusual, though that's not as unusual over here in the UK to start with other games. Because oh. um, Games Workshop back in the day used to sell role-playing games not just miniatures and not just their own games Um, and they were the most omnipresent gaming store that there was so if you went into a games workshop you'd see you know a wall of citadel miniatures and then the other walls would be all kinds of stuff you know war games and role-playing games and board games and yeah all sorts Um, but I started did I put the books away I've been so I started with um, fighting fantasy books. Oh, I've heard of those. I've never. Yeah. So yeah, two two British authors, um, and I had a friend at primary school, and we would sit and we would read them together, and like I would read the entries and he would make the choices and roll the dice. So we didn't know what we were doing was role playing at the time. Um, but that that was that was what we were doing basically proto role playing, and then this book came out the the orange book with the wear tiger on the front, which was about making your own dungeons in a fighting fantasy style and um, and playing them out, you know and it says you know introductory yeah. role playing game, and you know there's bits in the back about other games and um, what stores you can go to to find other games and, and oh. things like that which I don't think you'd see today <laughs> in most publications super small back then yeah but we were super into those and then my dad used to be a teacher uh, a maths teacher and oh. then a com- then a computer teacher because cool. um, they didn't know what to do with computers so they just gave them to the math department <laughs> I, I, I remember that. They did that in this country as well. I think they, they did, did that. Yeah. Our, yeah. School, our computer guy was the math guy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, later on, he left and got into communications and software and so on. But uh, yeah, their loss really. He was he was well up for doing computer stuff. So he got me into all kinds of stuff, um, computers, games, and he really wanted to encourage my interest in role playing games because it, you know it's good English practice skill, and I was artistic. And um, yeah, maths was involved, so he took me to um, a little hobby shop in Basingstoke and had me pick out a, a couple of games. And I picked up Merp, yeah. and 
uh, a board game called Battle Cars, which was Games Workshop's sort of rip-off of Car Wars. Oh, okay. I was going to say, um, it sounded like Car Wars. Yeah, and brought those home and uh, haven't looked back since, really. I'm not sure that Merp was the best place to start. Rollmasters, not the easiest system, even if Merp was a, was a slimmed-down version of it. But... Uh, but you know, I I tried even if I didn't get the rules exactly right, and formed a little circle of friends, played loads, met up with other guys in secondary school, and we played all sorts of other games: uh, Dragon Warriors, Twilight Two Thousand, oh. Tunnels and Trolls, um, some board games as well, uh, a lot of the old Avalon Hill stuff. Was the fantasy so, trip different than fighting fantasy? Are those related? The fantasy trip? I don't. I don't think they're related. Okay, because they mm. recently had a Kickstarter for that. And, and, and mm. you never played Warhammer? Surely you played Warhammer. Uh, not till later on. We, we oh. I played Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay first. Some of the other guys were into the war game, mm. um, so eventually got into that. Of course, miniatures miniatures were more affordable back then. <laughs> back in my day, mm-hmm. two pound two pound fifty for five. Goblins, that was reasonable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, these days you have to take out a mortgage for one, and that seems like they're they're priced as uh, how useful they are on the battlefield, not how much metal or plastic is involved. Yeah, yeah right on. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking more of the role playing game. I was, we were never much of miniatures. I think, I think Joe was the first to get the Warhammer fantasy role play for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. I like it was a. I don't know what edition it was. Early, first. first or you played the, it was the first one. Was it the first Guaranteed. one? You think? Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Well, the big greenish book. Yeah. I don't. No. Softback. Must have been second. Did they have a softback? The softback was the first edition. Yes. Uh, second and yes. third were hardback. I think. You did, Joe. You had the softback. Yeah. 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 It was you picked it up and you said we should try this. And... It had a dwarf with an axe. Cutting and a mohawk, roll or something, yeah. or giant. yeah, okay. yeah. I think it's a black hawk on the cover, being yeah, yeah this chainmail being ripped apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I think that's first first edition. And I think the newest yeah. edition is uses that as a cover, doesn't it? A variant of that cover. Yeah, they've gone very much back um, to the original style and everything. Slightly yeah. updated rules because third edition was no no good. Second edition was okay, but incomplete and slim. Mm-hmm. First edition, oddly enough. Um, and I nearly ended up writing some stuff for that. Oh, wow. Uh, when it was held by... Oh, what's the guy's name? Did Puppet Land and things. I, might uh, have I, I can't, oh. can't remember. Um, but I nearly did some work for his company. But the trouble was, everything I wanted to write, Games Workshop had already disallowed. Oh. <laughs> because okay. you were only allowed to write material for Worm Fantasy Roleplay within a very tight timeline section of the game world and only in the Empire in the old world yeah now this isn't the same book but it's the same um it's a copy of the same book I don't have the same did you get it on drive through Joe I can't remember okay there was a there was a reprint by this the company that I nearly did some work for oh okay yeah I remember we got it and we thought I thought it was pretty cool um it just wasn't I don't we could I think we tried to D and D it up, and we got frustrated because characters were dying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's much yeah. much more grim and gritty. Yeah, right. I think if we understood the tone, if we understood the tone as young guys, we'd have probably got into it. But I was like, I, like, dude, we're just dying all the time. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's 
sorry, I think I think that's part of the character of British role playing is it tends to be dark and grimy and there often tends to be a sort of black humour and, and cynical spin to to a lot of it. Sure. And did you and what was that one module you you started to run? Is something Shadows over Bogan? Bogenhofen. Yeah, you had that one for that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost more famous for its modules than the than the game itself. Um you know, something rotten in Kislev and uh Yeah. That that campaign in particular. Try to buy an original copy of that one. Shadows of Bogenhofen. Whoa. Pricey. So anyway, so you played that, and then you eventually got into was D and D somewhere. Up in the switched gears, any any. Oh. I wanted to point something out here. Oh, um, Hungar the Starvarian, welcome uh, everybody that's here that's not already a member or um, subscribed to his channel. Go run over there and do that now. Yeah, yeah. And then come back. Uh, we'll wait. <laughs> no, um, um, just uh, give uh, Hungar your. Um, uh, best uh, thoughts and prayers. He is in the hospital. Oh, okay. I think either recovering from, I think recovering from a surgery. But uh, yeah, okay. will do. It was Hogshead Publishing who right. re- reprinted it. Oh, okay. This now, is third edition that did that weird uh, crazy dice, right? Uh, yeah, third edition was Fantasy Flight, so it was kind of half board game with a bunch of novelty dice and. Yeah. It was too expensive, and people just didn't really go for it. And it wasn't. It's like a lot of games that try to stray too far from their original format um, and try to do something new and cool. Yeah. And you know, Warhammer Fantasy had a great following already. I mean, it might have been small, but they were very, you know, dedicated. So, yeah. why change the formula? Make more bits. Uh, Make, um, expand maybe the landmass they're working with. I don't know. It just seems weird that they would want to do like that. Yeah. Well, company too. I, it happens a lot, and I think it's a it's a result of sort of two competing philosophies. So you have this great intellectual property which you want to exploit and put out your version of. Um, and that's a certain degree that that's an avoidance of risk because you're using an IP that's proven, right? But at the same time, you're taking a huge risk in doing something different with something that matters to a lot of people. So you're sacrificing your core audience in an attempt to woo a new audience that may or may not actually actually be there. So they're hedging risk with intellectual property, taking risk with the with the system or the presentation or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and, and sort of doing themselves in. I think well, that happened with 4th edition D&D as well. I say that was yeah. it, right? 4th edition was... Now, did you say you, you made some stuff for 4E or not? I did. Um, I won a, a freelancer's competition um, to create an adventure and I got signed copies of uh, all the fourth edition core books. Cool. So that that was Cross City Race, uh, which was put up on the website, I think, for a so while. So they're worth what five bucks now altogether. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm keeping them as a sort of uh, lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, I have I have the four E core books. I bought them originally. Uh, couldn't read the player's handbook. Joe and I have talked about that. It was just so dull, and. Um, 
then I sold them and I got a really cheap deal on eBay, like all three for 20 bucks and thought, well, I'll put it my, on my shelf so I can have that, that heresy of a version of D <laughs> and D and, um, well, now I'm done. Cause yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> I want to point something out. Is my, am I still echoing a tad for me? I don't hear an echo. Okay. I thought it was because the good setup. we need to get a better setup. Then. I thought it was because I had, I didn't have my headphones in anyway. Um, <laughs> Mr. Max, I got to read this. Bob Van says, Hey, there's a bunch of people who enjoys our products, but so much more who don't, who doesn't, who doesn't, or who don't let's change the product to get this other bunch of people. <laughs> it's, and they're doing it again. They're right. doing it so, again. <laughs> right. So hey. Talking about the current Disney philosophy. However, I think it's egregious more. It's more egregious now because the internet and word travels fast. But also, um, if you really pay attention to IP turned to movie or TV show, most of the time they stunk. Almost always, and almost and a lot of times it barely resembled the original. So, mm -hmm. uh, because you know the person who gets it wants to do their own thing instead of being constrained in any way so uh. yeah it's it's weird what's happening with the marvel movies at the moment because what finally cracked the formula for superhero movies was to present something close to the original source material yeah right and that yeah that carried us forward for for quite a while um then they just well the comics have changed in a way that has completely murdered their circulation and interest, and weirdly, the movies seem to be following the same sort of sort of tack. Surely, the comics were a warning. <laughs> Isn't that flabbergasting, Grim? I mean, you literally—it's like you can see it in real time happening. The comics suck. N nothing short of Batman can even break the top twenty, and yet. The movies are like, yeah, let's do it like that. Let's make Batman a black female lesbian and just go from there. Sounds good. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, do what you want, but that's crazy town. Yeah, make make new heroes, tell new stories. Right. Um, if you're going to do that, right. But for the for these big sort of tentpole productions, well, it's back to that risk thing again. Okay, you've got the IP and you think that gives you safety, but then you you fuck with it at your peril. I yes, think. Right. I yeah, I think that they. Um, well, in the past, it was just, I think until maybe seven years ago, or maybe as short as five, it was merely folks having uh, an IP, oh, I can make a movie now. I'm just going to do whatever I want, and who cares about the source material? I mean, look at any anything that was a superhero anything before Iron Man, or even a few years before that. They were really not good. Um, yeah. But they were not good because they were just not good. Now, to be fair, I did go to the theaters this year and watch the original Superman 78. If you want an uplifting movie, it's yeah. still, it holds its own. Sure, but I mean, that, that, that is probably one of the only exceptions. Rare exceptions. I think... Uh, uh, where but, but I, I want to complete the sorry, thing. Got to complete the circuit yes. or I'll forget because I'm old. Um, what we've got now is they're not just having some creative license and falling on their f face. They're injecting a political narr narrative mm -hmm. or socio-political narrative mm -hmm. into, their, into the stories. And not only are they 
not making good stories, but they're also kind of getting preachy. So yeah, it, the, um, what makes it what makes it so painful is that they're just not very good at it. Right. Right. Not. There are there are plenty of stories that in, involve politics as a as a plot point um, as part of the structure of the narrative, and there are plenty of films, books, whatever that you can go and see where the the creator can't help but put some of their own point of view in it but they're still enjoyable even if you don't agree with that right. the problem is they're just doing it so crudely um without any any art to it at all it's all text none of it's subtext right. yeah there's no allegory there's no metaphor it's just you must believe this thing over and over again and even if you agree with, you know, I do maybe half the time with the with the politics. Yep. It's just it's bad art. Yes, well, it's, it's like that, that new cartoon. I haven't watched any of, it, but Velma. Someone mentioned it in the chat. You talk. I mean, I wasn't in that show. To, you weren't. I mean, I I started to watch it because people were. I said it can't be that bad. I mean, it can't be just beyond insufferable. It's literally insufferable. It's like right from the start. Oh, you're a white dude. You're a complete moron. And look, woman power. Oh, look, all this stuff. Everybody's gay. And it's like, and look, you do whatever you want. I don't care. I, 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 you know, you make a movie you want. But it used to be, there used to be something about, you could just slide it in there and I'd be like, okay, you can think that if you want to. But if you're just like, yeah. me over the head with it, right from the beginning, I mean, out. I would compare it to something like um, Venture Brothers, right? Which is obviously Johnny Quest with the serial numbers filed off. Sure. And it, and it's it's dark and it's gross and it's cynical and it's comedic and it's a you could call it a postmodern reconstruction of Johnny Quest or whatever, but it's funny and it's yeah. not constantly punching you in the face. Right, <laughs> Even I, I, I liked it. Yeah, I mean there was only so much of it I could take in a single sitting, and then you're like, okay, I need something else. I got to have my palate. <laughs> yeah, but they knew what they were doing. I mean the dude. They they had the not dude, sounded like a dude, but it was the the one hot chick, uh, Doctor Girlfriend, gravelly voice, had the gravelly yeah. voice, you know all that, hilarious. And okay. instead instead we've got just hacks out there doing all this stuff. Yeah, it's probably diversity hiring. I mean, on some okay. level, they're hiring based on not on talent they're hiring based on check marks check, check marks some of, yeah, it's, some of it's industry required too it's also insultingly surface level yeah um yeah. which is which is what gets me that it's it's the diversity that doesn't matter the diversity right. that matters is diversity of, of thought and experience and talent not you know right i mean so I, i'm registered disabled um and as a disabled person, I find it insulting, demeaning, and patronizing to be seen as 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 that first, to be elevated on that, to be to be pandered to in that way. It's like, you know, I'm plenty of other things beside that. Yeah, you know, I'm a games designer. I'm a writer. I'm a videographer. I do all this other shit. Yeah, your person. Yeah, or more I, complicated than some a superficial characterization yeah i was yeah. on the youtubes and saw the other day there's a character in marvel not to get too far into comics because you guys know i'll lose my mind but uh sun spider is apparently which she's lesbian whatever doesn't matter but she has a she's in a wheelchair 
and she uses her wheelchair to shoot her webs and it's strapped to her back as she flies through the through the um you know swings and people started talking about the physics of her legs if they were actually unusable <laughs> to make fun of her but that's kind of it's like it's kind of ridiculous like why are you just why are you pressing that and i've had people when i've gm'd at gen con they were in wheelchairs we have a good buddy who is blind and 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 they don't play they don't want to play a character in a wheelchair i asked my buddy i said and i was trying to be serious said, do you think would you want to play a character that's blind and he was like hell no why would i want to do that you know it's, yeah with this i want to play i want to play an awesome dude you know that can do all these things and you know and it's like i think sometimes people that have they, they take the disabilities and the drawbacks and their handicaps and you know it, it, it they're just one part of them and they act like that's the most important yeah and i think i, I don't think you would be alone graham i think there'd be a lot of I, I, I know i'm not but a lot of people don't feel able to to speak up which is the other sort of tragedy of it yeah there have been disabled characters in Marvel and stuff before. Sure. I mean, Pro- Professor X, right? But they would say that fits an insulting stereotype that if you you're physically weak, you must be mentally strong or or something. There was a character in the Young Warriors, I think, who went around on crutches all the time. Hmm. I remember that one? There's a yeah. box from Apple Flight. Mm. Yeah, but so, yeah, this kind of stuff has always always been there. They always seem to choose to ignore that it has always been there. I mean, the X-Men's always been diverse in every which way you well, want you to mention. Imagine. Yeah, but then they act like, you know, they're the first <laughs> every time. Every time. We're doing it for the first time. So kind of veering back, if I can, because I want to know more about your history. So you, you played all the games there, like in the UK. Now, you mentioned you almost wrote for Warhammer, you said, right? But they were not. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you... Now, I'm sure at some point you played D&D. Did, do you have a and you can, you can go as much detail as you want if you want to finish that up i'm kind of wanting to lead you to what kind of games are you playing now um, so yeah i didn't encounter D. so i started role playing through the fighting fantasy books when i was about eight years old mm-hmm. i didn't encounter D until i was 11 or 12 so at, at um at secondary school but high school but we leave earlier uh than you yeah, then I met some more gamer friends, and amongst them was um, uh, another kid, another child of a math teacher. Um, his father was heavily into his computers and you know, got him into the games as well, so a lot of similarities. But he started with Redbox D&D, and I just had a really bad experience <laughs> with that first game. Really? Um, I mean, I, I liked the look of it i liked it was simpler to read and it was well everyone knows red box is brilliant right but playing it my first character immediately got eaten by the carrion crawler that's hiding under the castle doors right as you do and i had played a mage and i thought oh that's (laughs) that's crap one spell which i never even got to cast (laughs) so um we carried on with the dungeon let me make another character i played a rogue and I, I snuck up on a sleeping monster. It may have been the dragon. Oh no! Yeah, and I and I stabbed it through the eye, right? Okay. Thinking because I'd been playing all these other games that if you if you stab a helpless creature through the eye into its brain, it's gonna die. Right. No, D and D does not work like that. <laughs> Eaten 
yeah, that was my career with D and D done. Tell uh, me, did he at least for, give you backstab? Did he at least give you time? To he did give me the backstab. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that that was me done with D and D until Dark Sun when I was seventeen or eighteen, I think. Yep. Yeah, That's but I played plenty. Fun plenty of other games sure uh so you were asking what am i playing now yeah, um i'm just starting a project to play games from my vast library of unplayed games <laughs> on my channel so I, hopefully i will eventually play everything <laughs> that i've got on the shelves um i play fifth edition D D with the tabletopless crew on wednesday nights um and with you're going to my, continue in that vein we're discussing it <laughs> um we're really attached to the campaign and the characters uh and it would be a huge ball ache to shift to a pathfinder or something so mm. we'll see how things shake out but the thing is um so i supplement my income my my share out of what we what we do there by publishing like gazetteers of material that I've made up to use for the game. Oh, cool. So if the OGL changes, that's not as easy as it was, but I'm sure we'll get into the OGL yes, fast yes. soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, and then with my face-to-face -face group who meets about every month and a half, uh, we're currently doing Call of Cthulhu. Um, and we're still deciding on our second game because we meet up over a weekend. So it's become like a like a lads' night out sort of thing, right. yeah. So it's uh, it's it's all all men now. <laughs> you know, a little bit of drink, get some takeaway food. You know, um, the, our group our group used to be much broader, but it's become like like poker night for the boys. You know, right. that's that's what it is now. That's yeah. kind of what we do with um, our once a year um, kind of guy getaway to play games and stuff. Cabin yeah, we, Con. We have something called Cabin Con. We got about twenty guys that show up. We go to northern Northern Michigan, rent a few cabins, and game like crazy people for four days. Yeah, we all used to go to a, a great convention called IndieCon that was held on the on the south coast here in like a, a holiday camp with like chalets and things. Um, and we used to really love going to that. <laughs> right before COVID, <laughs> the guys running the holiday camp decided that they didn't want a bunch of smelly role players turning up anymore, and they were going to concentrate on the holiday crowd. <laughs> so they kind well, of uh, not. Uh, well, I was going to say green, but this is that's not. <laughs> that's well, we went out. We went out of season, so they weren't going to get any money. But they yeah, decided but to hike the prices. So yeah, so we also get together for a, a longer period of time, similar to what similar to what you do. So that's weird. Yeah. Our, I, the lady that we um, rent from, she looks forward to us coming by. Yeah, we yeah. we have guys like we have guys that can do some plumbing work, a lot of electronics guys, people that can do construction. We have a chemist. She's had several problems. We've helped her with it, so we're kind of her favorites, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please ingratiate yourself. But it seems yeah. like these folks just didn't want you guys around. So, That's kind of yeah, I, I bet they're regretting it now. They could, mm -hmm. they could, they could really use our business again. But for uh, sure, yeah, yeah. And we go, we go for the off time for our, where we get the cabin. So she can't rent the place, and she just gives us the whole. We get the run of the whole place, so it's sweet. Yeah. yeah so that's me pretty, pretty much caught up. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. We we play odd little bits of other things now and again as the as the mood takes us. Played a stream game with t-shirted historian of Scarlet Heroes the other day. Yeah. How was that? Um, I was that fun? To watch. I started was, to watch. And I had to do something. I wanted to see. That yeah. Game. Yeah. It was it was fun. It's um. It's more it's a more fast and loose sort of um, narrative. Old school game Old school. and it it feels much more adaptable so i didn't have that sensation of uselessness that i had with playing dnd ah. back in the day <laughs> yeah, so i think there's kind of an obsession with old school games that um randy and i and a lot of the people we, we play with we like the game to be dangerous. Yeah. Hmm. Futile is different. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, very much. But I don't want it to be like, I, I have found 5e to be too easy. Um, hmm. um, and granted, I mean, I played a year-long campaign, and I'm I'm a pretty experienced GM, but and maybe I didn't put the time in, I should have, but I couldn't really challenge the players once they got past fourth or fifth level. I mean, moderately so, but they seem to always have something up their sleeve. Yeah, the the challenge ratings, the challenge yeah. ratings are way off. Ironcaster, dude! Flint? He's in our neck of the woods, Grim. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah, dude. We, need to, we all hail else, huh? from the uh, uh, Midland uh, Bay City Saginaw area, so you're only half hour away. Yeah, forty minutes maybe. Sweet. But, anyway, um, sorry. Sorry, yeah, but, <laughs> but it, uh, like we played Thirteenth Age for a year or two. We were into Thirteenth Age. I enjoy that game. But if you think Five E is easy, Thirteenth Age is easy on steroids. It's predictable. It's too predictable. Thirteenth Age advertises itself as being that sort of high heroic fantasy though right it's a, it sets expectations i think with fifth edition a lot of people went in expecting a D experience and didn't really get it but yeah a, a big part of that is yeah the challenge ratings are off massively um there used to be a site unfortunately it's shut down now called uh dnd combat where you could yes. plug in, you could plug in characters, and you could plug in monsters, and you could get a genuine idea of how difficult an encounter was actually going to be. But unfortunately, the site's shut down. So, oh, because of the nonsense? Um, no, before that, it just got to be too too costly for him to keep it up. Oh, okay. Which is a, it's a damn shame because it was really useful. Yeah. Was he was he the one that had was it the same website where they had like a. Did he also start with like the original Pathfinder and had monsters fight each other? Was he the same guy that did that? Might be. Hours, and then he went to Five E and had that. Yeah, because yeah, I, might might be. I, I found pretty early with Five E, and I spent a while since I've played it. That one of the problems with the CR system is I could use it as written, and I could get a, an encounter that would be a cakewalk. And I, yeah, there it was. Was it this guy? Uh, remember one called Cobalt Fight Club? That's something different. That's what I'm. I'm not. I'm not sure, and I've got no way to check now because the site's okay. down. So. No worries, no worries, no worries. Um, but uh, with 5e, it seems like I could, I could easily set up an encounter where it would be a nightmare for the party. Like, it was clearly no way they could win because they would have powers that they just couldn't, DCs they could never save against. But I just, um, that seemed rarer. It just seemed like it was very, mostly easy. If you ran modules, it was mostly easy. Yeah, it does seem to switch over very quickly from cakewalk to deadly. Oh, okay. It has that. It, so it has that problem as well. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not the only one to notice it. Lots of people have, have said the same thing. Um, I'm not sure what the fix is, other than to 
make it more difficult by default and then fudge it if it goes wrong. Yeah. I hate fudging, but I understand. I almost feel like you you need to, because we spent years in the third edition engine. We played 3, 3 for a long time in Pathfinder, and I could do that. I mean, I could I could take a monster and say, okay, they're going to completely own this thing, so I'm going to adjust the hit points by double. I'm going to make its armor class 3 better, and now it's about to be a fight. And so, yeah. but, I, but I got that from more like feel. I mean, one of my friends got upset at me. He goes, Randy. You know, you have a you teach math at a college. Why don't why don't you do the math? I'm like, dude, it doesn't really work that way. You think it does, <laughs> but it doesn't. I mean, no, it's more it, art than science. It is more art than science. CR any, any CR system I've seen was more art than science. Though I'll give this to Thirteenth Age, they are consistent. I have found mm. their CR system to be pretty consistent, consistently easy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the adventures easy is a strong word. There's like Joe said, it's predictable. It'll start out super hard. Then the powers, will, then the players will hit the right round. Escalations two or three or four, and boy, they're just they start pounding bad guys. The only good thing about that is most of the most of the time the combats don't just last a round or two. So they're going to last around five rounds at least, and it's quick because thirteenth age everything's simple. So great round combats is pretty rare. Yeah. So, mm. Get a sweet spot of four to four to five rounds that you can pretty much count on, which is pretty comfortable for most people. That's a fun yeah. a fun time, but not too long, not too short. So, so. it's just a, to me it got to be too predictable. Mm. Do you have a favorite game, Grim? Could you say this game is my favorite? That's a hard question for gamers, I know. Yeah, it's a super hard question. Um, I was super obsessed with Cyberpunk for a very long time. Uh, from Black Box 2013 edition. Mm-hmm. Um, really got into the World of Darkness stuff. Like I was in the LARP organization. I was a storyteller for London, which was a big job. Um, so that's definitely been a been a big thing for me. And it's shaped a lot of the way I approach gaming. I think. Um, actually, I got. I got Vampire the Masquerade the same day it arrived in the UK. I just happened to have gone to Estevium Games, which was um, a big distributor uh, down in Aldershot, um, where the SAS are based. And um, it's a big military town, so lots of gamers there. Right. Um, so, yeah, and they were unboxing it when, when we got there. I said, oh, that's, this looks interesting because it looked completely different to every other game on the shelf, you know. Um, at that time, everyone had these big, complicated covers with lots of stuff going on, and there was Vampire with green marble on a rose, you know, it's instantly eye-catching against sure. everything else. Sure. So we picked it up, I read it on the train home, and we played it that evening. <laughs> so- nice! Yeah. Uh, was it so that was uh, a big first one. edition? Yeah, yeah, first, first edition. edition. So that was, what, 89 I think. Yeah. 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 So were you blew up? Yeah, I remember that was big. Here in the States, there was kind of a distinction between vampire players and ah, a lot of other probably everybody else, but definitely D and D. Seemed like it, yeah. It seemed like they kinda of looked down your nose, their nose at their nose at the D and D players. And then we did the same thing because mm. we didn't understand the LARP part. A lot of us were like, what are you doing? <laughs> Especially <laughs> when it was like you're going out in public places and 
doing something with I think the uh, when you're doing the LARP part you rock paper scissors thing yeah yeah Black various hand, hand signals and stuff yeah <laughs> well you know look at me right. uh, <laughs> yeah um I it's mean a, from, a different culture gaming yeah that, well that that's that's something else we could talk about um so for me and my core group we had been role-playing for a very long time um comparatively speaking and we had always played tons of different games so we didn't so much look down our nose at, at people but the the larger group of people that that came to vampire mm-hmm. did a bit i suppose um, I mean, this was during the whole goth revival, yeah, so yeah. it really tapped into that that culture. Angsty. Um, and my, so we got into the LARP basically because my tabletop group swelled to over thirty people. Whoa. Metallolite um, over forty people, and it just got impossible to run tabletop games like concurrently for enough people at the same time without turning it into a LARP essentially and a lot of what we were playing was was Vampire so we did our own LARPs and then got kind of recruited into the the global <coughs> excuse me into the global organization um, so that's kind of how we, how we got into that for, for me part of the appeal of of vampire was that it was taking role playing seriously as a as an art form in a lot of ways, and that appealed to me because I was always trying to tell mature, complicated stories and play with ideas and so on. Unfortunately, it was only really kind of surface level, and I think calling the games master in the world of darkness games the storyteller, I think that was a mistake because it gave the impression that you were there to tell a story to the players that they would then experience rather than being something more interactive yeah yeah so i think it encouraged um a suboptimal approach to running games yeah well i i met my missus through love i was gonna say hunger was like a lot of the guys i knew uh but yeah i didn't think yeah a lot of the a lot of the vampire people i knew were a little snooty um i thought they they thought they were better than D&D players. And it was funny because I remember in the third edition there, I was teaching at a high school and one of the kids was like, he thought I play D&D. He goes, well, I play vampire. He goes, vampire is much cooler. It's much this, it's much that. And I said, hmm, you're a vampire, right? <clears throat> he made some comment like D&D was just for power fantasies. I said, vampire is kind of a power fantasy. Yeah. That you're was the super appeal. powerful compared to yeah. you, dude. Mm-hmm. Much more powerful than a first-level fighter is compared to regular people. Yeah, you're next level. But he, he was all right. We just had more fun there. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Empire, Dark Ages, and I think mm. I Joe and I played a little bit with it one time with a guy. I like it okay, but it's not. I don't really care for playing the monsters. That's kind of why I don't really care for it. But it does have a cool <laughs> aesthetic. I'll give it that. Yeah, and the, the, and the LARPs, the vampires, <laughs> <laughs> and the LARPs were a meat market. So right. you know, it was a good way to meet meet women. Right. No, no lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, so when you, what was the first, what was the first thing you actually produced for the industry that you sold? Well, that was your, that was your game for your um, Steve Jackson game thing, right? You and your friend did that. That was your first. Um, a little bit before that, I did a fanzine for a play-by-mail game, not not email, 
played by male. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> represent, Graham, represent. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did one issue of their fanzine before they <laughs> went bankrupt. So oh, wow. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of would, companies were like that. Yeah, I would say that was my first professional paying gig. I'd yeah. done some fanzines and stuff before that. Um, Games Fair and Gen Con, Euro Gen Con, ninety one, ninety two. Um, I'd sold some photocopied stuff that I'd written up um, here Gen- and there. Wasn't it? Wasn't there originally a Gen Con UK, and did it become Euro Gen Con? How yes. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't. I don't know what went on with the politics, and right. there, there there isn't one anymore. So, who knows? Incompetence, I think, was the was the issue in the end. It's a shame. Yeah. yeah. Do you go to many cons now? No, not not anymore. Um, yeah, that's a whole other topic. Oh, really? Kind of I, I can go into it if you want. Is it, Gamergate? Is it the Gamergate thing? Is it the Gamergate thing? Um, <laughs> tangentially. Mm-hmm. So the main things I used to go to uh regularly were indicon which we already covered that ended up being wound up and dragon meet which is held in london uh by by some old friends of mine they're sort of on the operating committee and and so on for that um dragon meet has gradually turned from a, like a one day event into a multiple day event and staying in london is expensive <laughs> so that's part of the reason um also taking gear and product to sell in London is a nightmare because you do not want to drive in London. Mm. So you're limited by what you and whatever helpers you can gather can carry on the train. (laughs) So that's not helpful. Plus, like a lot of conventions, Dragon Meat has adopted policies that make it risky for me to attend. So they have these things that they call anti-harassment policies that have very little to do with harassment and a lot to do with censorship um, or potential censorship and rules about running the games, like you have to use safety tools, things like that, which I'm against. Right. So if I rock up at one of these events with my reputation, I'm asking for trouble. <laughs> Yeah. Someone is going to object to one of my products. Some. Someone is going to object to my stand. If someone's running a demo of my games or I'm running a demo of my games and we don't want to use the safety tools, or even if we do use the oh. safety tools, right. you know, all it takes is one asshole to demand that you be thrown out for whatever reason, and, and that's it. And you, you spent all that money getting there, driving through the stupid traffic, all the headaches, getting your friends to help you do your, your booth, and then you get booted. That's crazy. Yeah, and then one, one person takes offense to one item on your stand, and you've got no right of appeal or yeah, or remedy. They can just throw you out according to the convention rules. And it's currently I'm, still a little harder in the U.S. to do that, but I feel like we're heading down that road. Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm just not up for it. We're yeah, starting we're our own convention well, this year. Hopefully, if it works out. So hopefully, you come across the pond. That'd be cool. Come to big. So, someone, I, I hate to travel, but someone, <laughs> I will come back to the states. So I was out. meant to go to Gen Con, Indiana, like yeah. four, four or five years ago. Yeah. Uh, but they cancelled our hotel reservations at the last minute. <laughs> Why? For the. I, um, it was just overbooked. 
Um, so we ended up staying with a friend in in Virginia for like a week instead. So, <laughs> but that, that was nice. It is. It's lovely. And we did go to a small gaming convention. Um, I forget which city it was in. And uh, and we went to Kentucky to, for me to get a tattoo. So, yeah, it wasn't a wasted trip. Cool. Kentucky, not as beautiful, but not bad. No, but well, very good Kentucky tattoo artist. Nice. They got the rolling hill with the bluegrass. Come on, dude. <laughs> but Virginia, in the yeah. in uh, spring and summer. Yeah, you lived there for a while, Joe. It's hard yeah. to beat. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get to that topic. You know it's coming. Yep. An hour in. Uh, how yeah. are you doing? How are you doing? How are you, how are you holding up, Graham? You tired? Uh, I'm okay. Right. Okay. I will need a drink for this thing. Sure, yeah, but you know what's coming. Yes, because as everybody here is aware, I'm sure Wizards of the Coast um, stepped in it. Um, oh, actually, before I had even been aware, I thought last week was the event. But apparently back in December, they were... Um, cheers. Yep. Um, cheers. Um, apparently in... Um, December, Wizards of the Coast were going around to various, um, I don't know what you call them, publishers of gaming material, third, party. third oh. parties, and trying to, from some people's perspective, strong arm them. Oh. And I don't believe that went very well for them. Um, and then last week, was it? Was that the first um, leaked information or was that the week before? I think it was the week before. There was some leaked information about a new OGL, and um, I think we're all pretty up to speed on it going from uh, 1.0a was the original OGL, which was pretty open, though you couldn't, I didn't know this until I read it, um, you can't, if you have the OGL in your book, you can't say compatible with Dungeons and Dragons. Or whatever uh, game they make. It's not quite the first version because there was the just 1.0 version. Um, yeah, that's they, that, that was in yeah. 1.0a, and that, then they did the 1.1, which. No, I mean, even, even before that. Oh. So there was 1.0, then they changed it to 1.0a, but they did not remove 1.0. Some people are still using that. Oh. I think that was partly because of the Book of Erotic Fantasy. I think. Oh, I thought it had to do a three five. I could be wrong. Um, could be fantasy, probably. Yeah, bit a uh, bit of both. Sounds. But I know they. Yeah, they changed the D twenty license certainly because of Book of Erotic Fantasy, and they may have changed it. So that got us to one point oh eight. Then we had the one point one leaked, and now they're changing the name to two point zero. Two point zero, and then there was some um, screen capture of uh, some new. Well, what we thought. Randy and I thought it was new information, and apparently some other folks did too, but apparently it's old. It might have been back in December as well as this other stuff where they were saying this is what was it's going to go down over at, um, uh, what is the name of that, the website? I forgot. The Dungeon uh, D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond. Yeah, Beyond. So D&D Beyond. Beyond was going to go 30 bucks a month if you wanted to have homebrew. I mean, I don't yeah. know how they stop stop you. It's kind of weird. So, I think they're talking maybe when they get it when they get it built, whatever they're going to do with this Unreal Engine, to have the capability. I'm guessing. This is all I can figure. To have the capability to homebrew, and you know, you know, all the cool widgets that are homebrew, my four-armed orcs or whatever, that are all blank. Anyway, what? That, um, <laughs> you'd have to. Maybe they're saying they won't let you give the 
give the widgets or are they saying they won't even let you talk about your home so uh, what what i think it is is so currently on D beyond you can create your characters and so on you can store them on there it's not really a vtt it's not it's not a full suite of tools um if you want access to certain things you have to buy the modules that they were in or you can buy parts of the modules but it's not a good deal um but you can also enter homebrew so there was theoretically nothing to stop you copying from a physical book that you bought something that you hadn't paid for and then putting in as well as your own material or whatever that might be so i think the the thinking is probably if this is accurate that you won't be able to put in your own rules and feats and classes and whatever else it is that you want to put in unless you pay the higher fee you'll be stuck using their content which you'll have to pay for so and that's kind of steep 30 bucks a month yeah Yeah. i mean um i know they're supposed to also come with more the new one is supposed to have more vtt features and uh, yeah ai dm but they're not going to be um there's no way they're going to be like like a world of warcraft experience i mean no well yeah i was just looking that up and warcraft is like 15 dollars a month wow (laughs) and they're constantly updating it you get new material so like any other like an mmo you get new stuff all the time sometimes you have to pay for some things but that's usually skins and 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 certain things like that it's cosmetics yeah. I've been watching Ryan Dancy a lot recently. He said 1.0a also changed Watsy Inc. to Watsy LLC. And then he brings up Erotic Fantasy. He said, Book of Erotic Fantasy caused yeah. the E20 license to change in the morality clause, which I think that's what you said, Drew. So, yeah. yeah. Close enough. Yeah, close enough. So, so yeah. And I think, um, I think where this is leading me to and tell me what you think grim is oh after actually there's more to it uh, um more to the whole story more perspective i got from a lawyer um can't remember the name of the guy he has a youtube he has a youtube channel and he's on twitter a couple of lawyers piping up and there uh, this one was saying you never really needed the ogl as long as you were just including game rules if you wanted to um, copy the SRD into your book, then you needed the OGL. But if you just had game rules in there that were similar, but not maybe not precisely the same, and you presented somewhat differently, you really didn't need the OGL. Never, we've never needed it. Right? Has anyone, has anyone tested that though? No, uh, well, not exactly. Could. So. I've I've talked to a lawyer over here, uh-huh. um, and they've basically just said let the Americans fight it out um, and That's wait fine. to see what happens. So yeah, um, but he agrees, but he does know some of the some of the U.S. case law. So it is technically true that you cannot copyright game rules, but that's the mathematical expression of those game rules. It's an open question whether the way that you describe those game rules can be copyrighted or not. Um, Their trade dress and trademark yeah, and copyright. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't 
know <laughs> until someone takes it to court, um, which it looks like Paizo and some of the others might be willing to do. But So what do you it, think about Paizo's license thing? There was some rumbling about them having a morality clause, but I didn't take any time to go look at that. This is um, I can tell they're not really... They're kind of tight-lipped at the moment. I, I still know a few people behind the scenes in the industry that I haven't yet burned bridges with. Um, and I'm hearing similar to what Pundit came out with today. Oh. In, in, yeah, so I don't think the orc itself is going to have morality clauses, but the sub-licenses to the various SRDs might. So you will have a, a governing orc license and then people will append at the bottom what you're allowed to do and not do with their particular SRD, their particular system which kind of undervalues the point of an orc I think um, but I mean it's their material, I guess they've got the sure. right to an extent sure. to, do, to do that you know, I just think if there's a morality clause, I am not going to use <laughs> any license because it's such a poison pill because it just opens the door for so much subjective interpretation of what is and isn't, you know, bad and wrong, um, what is and isn't allowed uh, so that they can basically, you know, yank your work out from under you on a, on a whim. I mean, if Varg Vickerns writes a game that is explicitly racist that's that's one thing what if he writes a game that isn't racist but he is a racist and a convicted murderer and all these other things does that violate the morality clause if you have a game that where the characters take on the parts of the villains or the monsters or whatever and they're expected to do horrible things does that violate a morality clause or if i include villains to be defeated in my game that do the same horrible things does that violate a morality clause you know where where do you draw the line exactly and yeah and it's very wherever they want <laughs> yeah because it's not going to be it's going to be subjective just like whatever it. language they use they're going to make it as loose as they can so that they can rein it in as much as they can look i'm yeah. i'm a pretty conservative christian that's a fact but you know what let people make their own decisions. If they want to buy something that's super gory and bloody and sexed up, dude, that's up to them. Even if it says yeah. D&D on it, I'm not offended because someone makes that and someone wants to buy it. That's not part, that's not, that's not in my business. Yeah, right. You know? I, I mean, if someone it, wants to do a Holy Lands RPG, which I think there was one, do it. Who else? Yeah. I mean, if, if me, a left wing anarchist, is saying, you know, <laughs> let the market decide, you know, you're done fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because at the end of the day they can't come to your house and, and, and force you to play a particular way only thing no. they can really do is trick people into adopting their license and then um, and then hold them to some standard or else lawyers or else fines or whatever when it, right. when it's probably better just not to adopt anybody's license but I mean, I had a real short back and forth with uh, people, someone I'm friends with on Twitter. And he was he had said um, something about, well, I'm going to make a book and it's going to have a license. But the only thing you will be uh, restricted from is IP. So be very open. Like, eh, that's cool. But I missed the part where he put license in there. Is so this? You is don't this need. Is this copyrightable? AC 16 hit dice four. 
and I, uh, who knows? Right. Right. That's what we I'm don't at. know. Um, but he. Uh, but I, I said we don't need licenses. But the spirit of what he was saying is all we really need. So if I make a book, and I put in a, a, a little you know, disclaimer in it saying, "Hey, this uh, like using Creative Commons type language, um, use what you want, just not my IP." You know, which is hmm. clear. You know, my the iconography and and specific art and stuff like that. If you want to use anything, contact me. Emails here, and that should be as as detailed as anybody needs to get. Yeah. Um. So the case law we've got is mostly from board games and computer games, right? The board games rulings aren't especially helpful because the board game rules individually tend to be very very simple. Like, roll 2d6, add them together, move your piece around the board that many spaces. Something like that, right? There's not a lot of ways you can phrase that. That's not copyrightable. We, we know that. That's why there's so many Monopoly clones and, and things out there and and why they haven't gone after, you know, words with friends or something for right. violating Scrabble IP, right? It's, those are too simple. RPG rules are more complex and a lot more of the, the, the coding is in the English language, which is more copyrightable. The other examples we have are from video games. So one of the big ones was around clones of Pac-Man, which doesn't sound like it's relevant, but it, but it kind of is. So they decided, well, you can't copyright going around a maze, picking things up, you know, being chased by monsters, things like that. But you can copyright pac-man and the ghosts you know and the sound waka 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 mm. all that you can but the rest of the stuff you can't so there are there were plenty of maze games that's more complicated because all the rules are in code which is not visible to the user which means that's not particularly applicable to us but right. you know these things give you hints right it needs to be tested yeah and i think i think the be better way to do it is for the hobby to, for lack of better words, mm -hmm. nut up <laughs> and several people. Because if it's just one dude or, or girl, one man or woman puts mm -hmm. out a, a book and then Watsy comes by and says, smack. I mean, that's not proven anything. Yeah. But if we as a group, as a as fellow hobbyists, I I don't like using the community word because yeah. we're, we're, we're a lot of disparate Groups that are that enjoy the same hobby, but this is strange. Strange with one touch button, one of the few touch button topics, though, that people have gotten us together, brought us together. It's kind of right. temporarily, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we need to just collectively or individually, however you want to do it, put out several works and and just dare Watsy, yeah. I think there's like Troll Lord don't really use the OGL and in their next printing they're excising anything that remains of, <laughs> of the SRD but that is essentially continuity AD&D um, Worlds Without Number which is very holds very close to D&D &D rules yeah. it's very um, popular yeah and they haven't been sued and they don't use the OGL um, I'm currently in the middle-ish of converting the the 5.0 SRD into genericized language, which I then intend to release as uh, public domain. 
oh. the Creative Commons public domain. I was wanting to ask you, um, is that work you're, you're intending just to do by yourself? Do you need any help? I have had a little bit of help. The only thing that has slowed me up is converting the spells. Because <laughs> there's well, a lot of them. Lot. And yeah, uh, the rest of it's gone pretty smoothly. But I think it's important to have something D&D-like out there in the commons, um, because I'm a horrible old lefty. Um, <laughs> well, it's as a, as a as a common language, yeah. yeah as a, a as a thing. yeah, as a Rosetta Stone, yeah. Um, the same way something like Wells's Little Wars is for for war games, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's important to have that out there. Um, the other reason I don't want other people to help necessarily too much because I don't want to place anyone but me at risk. Gotcha. Um, well, and if by they're do- not named, if they're not named, well, true. Some of us, me included would be willing to help you and not take credit if that's the concern i don't care Uh, i I have got a few people to help and we should have the first completed version i've got a couple of like alpha drafts on my um on my blog we should have the final the first completed version early next week oh Um, oh, that's cool okay yeah i just really want to really want to get under the wire before they pull any more shenanigans. Armin makes a good point. He goes, it might be bad if the company that challenged the OGL is too small to win. The precedent might then be set. I know nothing about law, but what if Grimm does this and he gets busted? Watsy comes for him and he loses, so he has to pull all his crap down. That's 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 why I was saying if one person is easy to defeat. Hmm. Yeah, I think everyone needs to do this, basically. Yes, yes. Um, and if for lack of even a different um, body of material, we should just, once you have that, since, because I was thinking about doing something similar, that's why I asked you if you wanted help. But you're, you're, you you probably started on this long before. <laughs> I, I have worked myself ragged almost from the day we heard. Well, <laughs> so, Graham, uh, for a guy that's kind of, I'm kind of, moving slow here and i'm checking the chat too so your creative commons this creative commons license does what exactly if you get that put out there so um it's called the i think it's the creative commons zero license which basically says i claim no rights to any of this i'm entering it into the public domain so which public domain's a totally different animal too yeah yeah so that means anybody can use it in any way that they want i make absolutely no claim on it and what i've tried to do is to present as many alternative ways of describing all of the rules elements so that it's really hard to pin down mm-hmm. so the it, it, it's obviously dnd derived but they'll have a much harder job you know, saying, oh, well, you know, this infringes on our IP when everything is described differently or has alternate options like, okay, strength, but that might be described as power or, you know, half a dozen other terms. And a spell's range could also be described as distance or something. Now, I think a lot of these terms aren't copyrightable anyway. Um, Again, there's case law that says um, terminology can't be copyrighted but it's better to be safe <laughs> sorry sure, sure. Um, yeah um, I mean there's the there's a few weird little hiccups and 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 things like so when Gygax put together like the experience point tables and so on 
there's there's no underlying mathematics to that it's just no, it seemed no, it seemed like a good number to him so that's copyrightable because that's artistic expression it's not just a purely mathematical expression but there's there's, there's ways around all that well you can um, make your own table that's that's an artistic expression that you like that's different numbers yeah and then you, then you'd be, be fine yeah yeah but my basic idea with this is so I will I will enter this into the public domain it won't be published under their open gaming license or, or anything, so I'm not giving up any of my rights um, contractually by, by doing that. So they would have to come after me in the UK. Um, well, extra cost to them, you know, it's, a, it's another thing to put them off. And I would hope that everyone will take a copy of this public domain document change it slightly and republish it themselves we'll, we'll put it up yeah. on a uh, big geek emporium count on as soon it. as it comes count out count on I, fiddle with it I, I, like you said the more people that do this either their own srds their own spins on the system or a copy of this that they've changed slightly yeah that's your i'm spartacus moment so yeah i mean i was fully ready to be you know put my chin out there <laughs> I dare you. Joe was telling me I was finishing my adventure Sunday, and I know, I guess it was Monday night last night. And Joe's like, just put the stats in there. Call it armor class, call it saving throw, just do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I might. I might just do it. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're small fish. Yeah. Armor yeah, class. Armor class is one of those things that's, that's right on that border because it's kind of unique. Mm-hmm. So. You could just say armor or defense yeah. or dodge or protection or whatever. Yeah, but that's that's one of them that I'm a bit mm, about. Yeah, I've already been inspired by David Gall to change the spells around. And so I'm going to have a whole page with monster stats. I'm going to just make it my own. I don't even have a game yet, but I'll write it in such a way. Everybody will know what I'm talking about. Right. Ar- their armor defense is 16. Got it. Well, like that monster <laughs> we were talking about. Yeah, the Thule. Okay. A Thule. Yeah, I just said, what did I say Say if you to call it? Uh, cursed? Cursed, I went with because that. Because it's a cursed hobgoblin. Correct. Hobgoblin. So right. call it a cursed. Yep. Easy peasy. Start with a K. Next. And then you're good. <laughs> you could even have almost precisely the exact same abilities. You take away the name, you use different art, and then you're pretty much good to go. Maybe um, if it has a particular like origin or something like that that could be considered artistic, you'd want to mess with that some too. I'll be safe with that, yeah. I mean, I think Wizards has quite conveniently said in the open gaming license what they consider to be product identity. Yes, yes. They have a big long list. That's very helpful for things to avoid or to rename or or whatever. They have a short list of monsters you can't use, right? Yeah, Mind Flare, Beholder. A list of things. Um, different categories of things, artif- artifacts. That was listed. I'm like, artifacts? Really? I can't. I mean, it's not the category of artifacts, but it's theirs, like the uh, the invulnerable coat of Do You can't use hmm. that. Duh. Yeah. Hammer of Thunderbolts, those kinds of things. Yeah. That's obvious. What's less obvious is armor class, like you were saying. Yeah. How much do you think this is Justin Lanassa's fault? <laughs> What's that? How much do you think this is Justin Lanassa's fault with the whole Star Frontiers fiasco and Dungeon uh, Hobby Shop and TSR? And- I know you're kind you of joking, but you're kind of serious too, right? Because well, yeah, well, some of that, and you think it could be possible that they're the the because what most people think is it's the money thing, and yeah. Uh, 
and it is. It is. It is. He's got I big mean, balls, dude. Talk about a kind of a because mm, it's got to be good. And, and, and that 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 case against him, did, did he end up dropping everything? He, he caved, right? Um, or not? They came to some kind of agreement. I think okay. he didn't exactly win, and he didn't exactly lose okay. on the Star Frontier thing. He can't publish anything to do with it, but neither can they. But then they weren't intending to anyway. So, as they are wont to do, to just I to that, piece. I'm not a big fan of Lanasa. I didn't like how he pulled that those shenanigans. Um, no. Well, so going back to the burnt bridges, <laughs> I I don't much care uh, for Lanasa and his and his whole operation. But when people were going after him and they were going after Ernie, right? They were going after Ernie's dad, right, Gary, right? So bringing up someone's dead father. And calling him a, a a racist and all of these other horrible things, I was like, no, that is that point. is not acceptable. I am not going to stand here while you do that. I don't agree with them, mm-hmm. but that's no excuse to to sink to such a disgusting level of, of conduct. Right. And yeah, so I lost a few friends over that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so people, I think a couple of the things that uh, these this side of that side of the equation are doing are things that our side of the equation used to do you know like nitpick and and be puritanical about everything right now they're doing that plus you know um they're kind of being totalitarian a a bit you know this is how everybody this is how everybody's doing it yeah this is how everybody should do it you do what we say kind of thing or you're kicked out of venues uh will badmouth you enough to where you can't work and you know it's 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 I forgot really about the Ernie thing. Yeah, that that bugged the crap out of me the way they treated him. Especially what was it, Gen Con or Gary Con? Which one? No, it was Gen Con that said he couldn't come, right? I believe so. Okay. Okay. That's a shame. If if they, okay, I don't know personally a lot of stuff, but you hear things, and perhaps there were some, you know, unsavory um, things going on at the upper echelons, you know. But that's their business, not mine. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but I think people will back you, uh, Grim, for sure. This is a this is a thing that I think people should do their best. I think that's a good point. Did you put that up? Yeah. Uh, Crafty Matt was telling him uh, everybody's got his back. Do his thing. Yeah, yeah. Do that. We'll we will uh, we'll back your play. Like I said, it'll be up on um, Big Geek Emporium either verbatim or we'll change it a little bit and we mm-hmm. may we may use it for future projects. Yeah. Well, the, no, no, not me. Probably will. Probably. It'll save a lot of work. The the drafts are called Commoner. The first release will be called Panzer, as in Sancho Panza. Mm-hmm. Oh, not Panzer. Panza. Whatever military thing it was, Panza. Right. Right. Well, that is really cool. Right. So. If we can kind of go, unless you got more to say, I have a kind of another question. You're saying you're playing a 5e game with, with one of your groups right now, and Joe is about to go down a road saying his take. I'm, I want to get mine first. With all this crap, I have a lot of friends that play 5e. I have 5e books more than I should have bought. I don't dis. I've always said I don't dislike the system. I can play it fine. Um, it's always going to be my second choice to bring to the table, but it's fine. Um, 
I don't think I personally don't have a problem with someone who's still running their campaign. They're your books. In fact, if Watsy pulls the trigger on this on this shit, and it excuse my French, but if they do that, and then they make their sixth edition, whatever they want to call it, dude, Bobby's part of the old school, in my opinion. It's now back. It's a previous edition. If you like 4E, play that too. I won't, but. I mean, do whatever you want. Play your game. I'm, I understand, though, that the kind of, there's kind of a little ick factor because you kind of want to distance yourself fully from Watsy. But I'm saying do it. Well, what do you guys say? Um, right before, people are asking for your work. Can you oh, post yeah. a link in the, um, into the private chat? And then I'll put, put it on the description of the video. And then we'll move forward. Is it at postmortem.com? Post-mortem.com. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put it in the chat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it won't go You're, in the chat. They no, I've put it in the private chat here. Private, private. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah you'll find links to all my stuff from there. So. Yeah, and I got his Facebook page too on our links. So. www.postmort.com. Although, right on. Do you, over across the pond, so to speak, you use a different word for hyphen, don't you? Or do you say. Um, we say hyphen or dash. Some of the some of those um, little things we have different words for. I just want to Bob Ann. Yeah, checks great. <laughs> Leave yeah, it but so, oh. you guys are lazy. You need a proper link in the chat. Oh, we do. We do. <laughs> well, yeah. Some people are on a phone and they can't, and it's harder for them to type. Uh, L. And some of us like me are oblivious. So, thank you, Mr. Max. I appreciate it, bud. You're the dude. HTTPS. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, ended up setting myself up a independent storefront like last year, I think, just to, just in case. <laughs> well, you had a lot of lot of concerns, so that's. I have opened an account on um, the Geek Emporium. I just haven't uploaded anything yet. So. You haven't. Do it. I've been I've been eagerly waiting. And I know anything. Well, not, I was about to like start, and then all this happened, and I had other priorities. No, you're busy. You're not doing anything. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So tell me this, bud. You and Joe both. My question still stands: Is um, what's your? Do you have? Do you have a reaction to that? Do you kind of? I know you said your game's going, and and I sound like you might lean toward finishing it with five E, but do you feel like, man, I almost feel like I should not play five E? <sighs> Not. Yeah, um, it, we're really in a bind with it. I mean, we for do play other games on the on the channel uh, for the for the tabletopless, mm -hmm. right? Because D and D is the big game that everyone knows, and we get a lot of people tuning in because it's D and D, right? It's a recognizable brand. Sure. I'm not sure how much awareness of this open gaming license problem has really penetrated normal people. <laughs> right, because um, all of us screeching autists are right. talking about it constantly, and then we're all on YouTube and Twitter, so... Yeah, and it has trended on Twitter, you know, in, in various forms. But I don't, I don't know how it's going to affect them. Um, I mean, a critical role, love them or hate them, they're quite influential, and... They put out a really milk toast statement, but I think it was about as much as they could get away with saying yes. in support. Yeah, and but the, you know they're a prime example of why that is the biggest the biggest audience out there. Yeah. So 
Um, and believe it or not, people do tune into Tabletopless for the game and the story as well as as well as the other stuff. That's where you have the the girls are like half naked, right? Yeah, well, completely naked. Oh, completely. No, no, I don't. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you have to pay extra to see them fully naked, or is it just some someone has to, not necessarily you? <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, okay. oh, I see how it works. Yeah, and we we also take tips related to the game to give sure. them rerolls or oh, to have. Gotcha more bad things happen to audience them. Audience interaction, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. it really really drives it. Right, I'm sure it does. It's not a hit so, guys, but you're probably not going to see us there. No. We'll catch you it's in fine. Your I understand it's not we'll for everybody. Yeah, we'll get you in your other venues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, Honestly, if, I say, if I say I'm a libertine, I have to live it. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that's um, a- um, but yeah, I, I feel icky about, about playing 5e. Um, you know, I I did invest a lot in Five E in the books and so on, because Not too much, yeah. I I needed that <laughs> for to to prop up the game. Um, it felt like an investment. Now it feels like a waste of money. Yeah, but it like I said, it'll be a pain in the ass to change. I think a lot of people are going to be feeling like this. Like, well, you know, there's. A, it's not even a sunk cost fallacy. I mean, it is a genuinely sunk cost, and campaigns can't be ended or turned on a dime. You gotta, you gotta finish a storyline properly. Yeah, because you have so we'll, investment. So we'll probably continue with it, and well, it, a lot depends on what Wizards actually does. Yeah, uh, but well, I, I think, think our plan. They've they've uh, backpedaled some. Some. But yeah. I, I mean. Ob- yeah, obviously morality clauses are a big issue for us because mm-hmm. it's a game with, with sex workers that has adult content and, mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. So if they decide, you know, that's not something we're going to allow, then, you know, either we try and slip beneath their notice or we risk getting... or we wait for the cease and desist or, or whatever much, happens. Um, how, many fo- how many subscribers do you have? I mean, how many people watch your show? Um, we generally get any, (laughs) it's hard to tell because people can watch anonymously. We've got thousands of subscribers to the website Mm -hmm. where, you know, people can download the videos and supporting material and and stuff like that. Uh, I think the most viewers we've ever had was over a hundred at the same time. Wow. Um, which isn't bad for a niche Within a oh, niche, sure. within sure. a niche. Yeah. <laughs> you are really inside that video. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's popular. It's popular enough. People, people like it, enjoy it. Um, and it, obviously, it's um, does it, it's. Um, how do I say this? It's you're, keep, you're still doing it, so it yes. must be providing at least enough money for you guys to pay something. At least yeah. coffee. So, um, if it ended all of a sudden, it would suck. Yeah, it would. It would suck a lot. I mean, currently we alternate between D and D and Vampire, and the Vampire does almost as well uh, for reasons we touched on earlier. I think There's the yeah, the Goth Girl thing still has a huge appeal to a lot of people. So I don't think we'd take a catastrophic hit if we abandoned D and D, but it it certainly doesn't hurt. 
Um, I, I told Bruce I would ask him this if he was serious. Bruce Lombardo at Dick's Division said, ask him, that's you, Grim, if you've looked into streaming or partnering with Pornhub. We have. Um, we used to dual stream to different outlets, um, and we're looking... So, so Pornhub just recently changed a whole bunch of stuff so we're looking at kind of repartnering with them i think but um i don't handle that site um cherry one of the girls she's she's in charge she's the boss i just turn up and chuck dice oh that's good yeah yeah um, it's a lot easier having you have one role somebody else runs the the financials and whatnot yeah yeah i think even if watsy brings out 2.0 and it's the biggest pile of garbage we're expecting it to be in a little while, like right now we're playing Rifts and i got a few other games in line. D&D is way in the back of the line. But I would go back to an old school game. I would go back if I want, someone wanted to play 5e. In fact, I'm playing 5e this coming Saturday for a yeah. one-stop with a friend. I just, I just think I just, this is all yeah. This is all so unnecessary. I, they could have carried on with the winning formula, moved to a 6th edition or 5.5, depends if it genuinely is backward compatible or not. They'd have the best VTT in the market just from the sheer amount of money they've poured into it, if they can make it work this time. And that would have been, that would have been their USP. Yeah. Right? And they could have carried plenty of people over to, over there with the goodwill that they generated. Right. But they've instead, they've burnt it all down trying to grub money. <laughs> well, And they're going to end up losing money. Well, and they're they're... They were already losing money, and then they lost. Randy was telling me it's like seventy some odd percent of the subscribers on D and D Beyond, if that's if that's accurate, um, which is very significant. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot, Ten, tens of thousands certainly, right. and that's mostly going to be dungeon masters and third party producers who are using the platform. Mm. Yeah. Which so, is, so, which so is the problem is up multiple they, groups. Before, yeah, before <laughs> yeah. they even eked out all this bad will apart from a few you know people with their head in the sand or just really loving everything D&D most of us knew that they they were circling the drain on some level because their creativity is just in the toilet yeah so um, even if they came up with a 6th edition it would probably have an initial kind of new shiny effect but if yeah. they kept all the same creative people on you know on tap it would quickly even quicker than fifth edition because they've um they've gone through some creatives over the over the last few, few years um it would just it would just be just a, a momentary respite yeah it would end up in the same place i think yeah uh, so this grab at money I don't. The better thing, the be, their better play was firing almost everybody over the coast that was doing anything creative, and hire new people. Yeah, but now they've just annihilated the hiring pool. There's no one who, who's going to go in, gonna in, work in our circles. Yeah, nobody. And apparently, there's some kind of info dump going to come out about their um, internal, their in-house treatment of their employees. Some, some I uh, heard some yammering about that so. yeah i've heard some scuttle but but i haven't heard anything from inside about that so i guess we'll wait and see <laughs> Ironcaster said gavin norman's planning to keep going ahead with old school essentials as is good for him hoping that he doesn't get in trouble 
as long as there are enough people who are already making things that will toughen up and not take any guff from Wizards of the Coast, I don't think they're going to. I mean, it was one yeah. thing back in the day when they were the juggernaut and everybody was scared of them. And you still hear this. You hear the who wants to uh, go into a legal war with Wizards of the Coast. People will say that. But as long as there's enough, I don't even think it'll take all that many. Four or five. There's a question and, there. Do you think, I mean, they're losing people because of what, what's already happened. I mean, that's going to happen. You've, they've lost a chunk. If they actually put it out and it's that draconian, do we think D&D is going to be the 800-pound gorilla in the room anymore? I don't know. I think they've, they've lost some weight. I think they're down to like 400 now, yeah. probably. But David Guile is saying 5th um, edition is them hollowing out old IP and adventures, which is what they've been doing. Yeah. The 60 would be violating the rotting skin suit remains they created. Yeah. That's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I think no matter what they do now, we're in a, a Paizo situation where it, some competitor... Yeah, yeah. So, some competitor might not even be Pathfinder, might be somebody else. Someone else is going to rise up, and they might well outcompete them the way Paizo was during during Fourth Edition. Um, oh, there's always there's always a core of people that always want to play the new hotness, will want to check out the new edition. You know, the the core books is always the the main money that you make, mm-hmm. um, which was part of the whole point. I mean, Os- Osric was being put together at the same time the original open gaming license was being put together. They were going to publish without it, but the open gaming license provided a sort of safer harbour, took some of that question of being sued off the table. But now nobody's really got anything to lose. Right? No. no. And it's, uh, I mean, yeah. Pat, uh, Paizo has already made a boatload of money. I know that they've kind of less flacked in favor but they've garnered a little more here recently with saying hey you can come shop with us yeah we'll lead the charge and all of this stuff and which makes me yeah and troll lords shifted something like thirty thousand extra units of of sales yeah over so this troll period. Lords, i'm kind of hoping they they make bigger waves too because yeah well, control lords I just pulled this big sack. I put about 200 bones on this just the other day. It's all come in. Nice. So Troll Lords and, and if Palladium um, steps up a little bit too, they can up their – I mean, they, they've got pretty a pretty good um, fan base already. Yeah. And, and so I think we have enough alternatives that Wizards really – it was really stupid. <laughs> yeah. This day and age, uh, Mr. Boivin asked a question. I'm not, at first I thought it was kind of crazy. He said, could Hasbro, I don't know if they'd want to, fire everyone at Watsy and hire a new team in time to get a new edition for the 50th anniversary? When is, when, when is 50th? 50th? Uh, 20, 2024, 24. right? Yeah. 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 Could they? Yeah. They hired Grimm. And a few other guys. <laughs> I wouldn't work for them now, and yeah, they wouldn't hire me anyway. Well, no. So if they work. could hire people who knew what they were doing, yeah, right. they could. They probably could. What would, what would take the time is, like in every one of these things, is art. Hmm. Yeah. The writing. I mean, they can do that um, concurrently with the art, but the, the writing will beat the art almost every time. They could always put a cherry on the top of mismanagement and use AI art through the whole thing. <laughs> they could. Uh, well, here, and GPT chat. They can just make an AI game. Do it all, baby. It'll, make, it'll write the rules, right? 
Wow. Yeah. I guess kind of a, a question here to end it. So if they if they do this and then a year down the road, we're sorry, and they do another edition, what would they have to do to bring you back or could they? No way, you're out. I, I don't know. See, I was out for fourth edition. I right. did try publishing a couple of things. Nobody was interested. So, and I didn't like it very much. We did run a successful Dark Sun campaign using it, um, but we had to really take a hammer and tongs to the rules to make it work. So, but that was a fun exercise, certainly. Uh, but we did come back with fifth edition. So, what did they do that was different? They brought the OGL back and opened the game back up after closing it down during 4th edition. Um, it was back to a more recognisable game structure with with 5th edition than 4th edition had been. Um, I mean, I'm like... My first experience wasn't D&D, so I'm not wedded to its sacred cows to the same extent that a lot of people are, but... Um, I, I can see the way the market is. You know, I'm not blind. Right. Um, and they took it too far with fourth edition. So if sixth edition or seventh edition, as it as it might be, brought back the open gaming license, but made it so it could not be revoked, if it made it opened it up again, if there was that amount of apology about it all. Uh, you know, some sort of demonstration of being generally contrite, or if they sold wizards off to someone else, That's and, what I was thinking. and they said, you know, new broom, right? Yeah, we're terribly sorry. We understand that they screwed up. We're we're doing everything differently. You know, I'd give them a chance <laughs> at least. Yeah, but they were on about selling wizards to Tencent for a while, the uh, Chinese mobile game company. Oh. What would they do? <laughs> who who knows? So yeah, they they could win me back. I'm not going to say they they couldn't. Okay. Um, I just don't think they'll do the things that would be necessary. A lot of folks in the chat. David Gow says he's never going back. I feel like that's what Joe's at. Um, uh, Bruce says at Dick's division, I have no need to go back. Martinson says free core rules for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Well, that's what an SRD is, isn't it, really? I think he's looking for physical copies. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think I think I mentioned it as a follow-up. I think they, and you said it, I think they'd have to sell the company. I couldn't do business with Hasbro and Watts anymore. Mm. I, don't think, I don't think I could. I wouldn't trust them. I mean, as, as a designer, it's kind of a separate question. Um, I like doing my own stuff because I, I think of games as art and I want that, that level of, of not controls the wrong word but um, mm -hmm. we'll say control for the sake it'll of it it'll do for now uh, it'll do for now yeah over my projects but then I like doing the open stuff because it reaches a, a wider audience so yeah there, there's artistic fulfilment and then there's using that as like a, almost like a loss leader to get people interested in your other stuff well, in a way. On some level, you got to eat. So yeah. if you have so you, to, I can understand, let's say, after all of this blows over, if it does, and if Wizards of the Coast is still a thing, and they do, as you say, are contrite, or at least make us think so. Um, yeah. 
and give us the product that we're a little bit more close to, I mean, a lot closer than what we, we have now to what we want. I can see people going back to it and I wouldn't be, I'm never going to be hard on somebody who wants to buy it. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's possible if conditions like Grimm is saying are met, that I might um, play, might buy the player's handbook. I'll be very cautious. Yeah. Um, if they sell it to another, um, if they sell Wizards of the Coast lock, stock, and barrel to somebody else and it's new people, uh, taking it in a, a new direction, but uh, um, at least stylistically or uh, it feels... Feel. It feels like old school gaming because that's what D and D really represents is old school gaming, really. Yeah. If, if they if they maintain that with a new cut with a new you know person in charge, new people there, I don't care who they are and what their alignment are is politically and all that stuff. If it's a good game, it's a good game. True. If it's something I like, I'll, I, I'll probably buy it. I think something that's become more important to me. As I've, as I've gotten older, as I put more years in the hobby under my belt, is respect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that older gamers are, are worthy of respect. I think older material is worthy of respect. I don't like the way in which everything from the past has been reframed as something terrible. You know, racist, sexist, homophobic, yeah, yeah. whatever else. I everything mean, the, needs to be subverted. And the classic example is Oriental Adventures, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How 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 awful that you produced a, an Asian book from and nobody Asian was writing on it, and you used the word Oriental, which is now seen as bad. Well, it wasn't back then, right? And there were a and, lot of Asian consultants involved. And it's just about to say there were a ton of Asian consultants um, involved because they wanted to make sure not that it wasn't insulting or disrespectful to their cultures, but for accuracy, which ends up being the same thing anyway. Right. So in many ways, that was that was ahead of the curve. And yet it's still not good enough. And you're going to reframe it as, you know, bad attitudes of the time. And yeah, it's... Uh... They don't even bother to go outside of their own conception that if you like... They, they think that we're fetishizing mm. Asian culture by liking it. Yeah. And um, the, I'm sure we're all referencing the same video, um, same person talking about this, where it's like he was like I, feeling bad about liking kung fu movies. <laughs> I mean, I like kung fu movies. I still <laughs> like it. Absolutely. Kung fu theater on Saturdays. I grew up on that stuff. You get me? Yeah. Yeah. It's they're hard to watch now because the, the the video is in such horrible shape. Right. We're so used to seeing more crisp images. It's like, oh. I'd love to see some remastered ones. That would be yeah. Cool. But, yeah, there's a few trickling out on Blu-ray here and there. But, oh, are they? Okay. But uh, it's uh, having to subvert everything is weird. Yeah. I can get, so postmodernism is kind of at the core of all this to some degree I think um, and being hyper being critical is something we should do we should think about things but being radically hypercritical to even 
the point of doubting whether we're walking on earth or not is really not useful yeah it's it's, i think you've hit on something there it's it's not criticism itself that is the problem you know we should always be critical we should uh, always be skeptical we should always examine things is the word i wanted yeah yeah but this philosophy has kind of um, accepted an integrated bias rather than trying to struggle against bias. So you will examine through a feminist lens or a Marxist lens or a capitalist lens or whatever, and that biases your view. If you go out looking for something, you're going to find it, right? Like like the number twenty three, or yeah, and many other examples. Seeing a face in the clouds is because humans are hardwired to recognise human faces, so we tend to see them where they don't exist. So yeah, if you prime yourself to find something, you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a sensitivity reader and your employment depends on finding something problematic, you are going to find something problematic. We recognise patterns. Yeah. We are good at recognizing patterns because they help us survive. Even and patterns that aren't there. Even patterns that aren't there. Aren't there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, right on. So, but uh, we have to <laughs> realize that every pattern we see is doesn't have that much. Not every pattern we see is important. Yeah. Um, so, I've got that 10, 15 minutes more. Do we want to see if there's any questions from the audience or was there anything yeah, else yeah, we haven't covered? Idea. Does anybody want to? I know Bruce asking about the Pornhub. Anything besides? <laughs> is there any? I don't care. Whatever you guys got. Uh, Grim's got a few minutes, so. Does uh, Grim? They, the one question was asked. Uh, they asked biggest geekest, but you you can ask answer too about your favorite kung fu movie. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Um. Hmm. Zoo Warriors with the Magic Mountain. Never heard of that one. Is that What's a fairly recent one? Uh, that's, an old, that's an old one. Okay. Uh, Sammo Hung is in it, I th- think, as uh, Master Longbrows. Huh. He knows the style of the fighting eyebrows. Master Longbrows. Oh, that was his name in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. He knows the style of the fighting eyebrows. Hi, Kurt. Legion wants to know how you're doing. How's your health? Are you feeling pretty good? You- oh, do you really want to know? <laughs> Is it bad, dude? Sorry. Uh, all right. So, um, end of last year, when I started writing Whitechester, uh, I went to the optician and uh, they saw a whole bunch of burst blood vessels in the back of my eyes. So it turned out that I had stupidly high blood pressure. Uh, had to be taken to hospital, though I felt fine. <laughs> uh, put me on a lot of drugs that made me very, very unwell. Uh, apparently, I was like a, a hair's breadth from having an aneurysm or a stroke. Whoa. Or, or something like that. So, yeah, really powerful drugs to get my blood pressure down. I've been on pills and things ever since. It's taken me a very long time to recover put on a ton of weight because I can't move around so much um, I get a load of swellings in my extremities which Same is very body. painful yeah buddy um, and that's yeah, that's been going on for a year um, I'm supposed to be put on some beta blockers which should help with the blood pressure and take down the swelling but there's nurses strikes and all sorts of 
social upheaval here in the UK right now. Mm-hmm. So all, all over. It's all been delayed, uh, and I don't know when I'm going to get put on these drugs. So I'm in a, hold, in a holding pattern. Um, yeah, so I'm still not well. Do you eat much, well. processed, food? Eat much hmm? processed food? No, I don't. Uh, my, my diet's pretty good. Everything's pretty good. Um, okay. I did have a stent put in my kidney because uh, the artery had narrowed, and that was causing... Well, they thought it was causing <laughs> the massively high blood pressure, but it's barely gone down, so oh. it's it's something else. I, I run hot anyway, I always have, but yeah, yeah it's, it's life-threatening and not fun, but maybe some good inspiration when you're writing about City of the Dead. <laughs> well, Graham, I, I'm not bashful, I'm just going to say it. I, I'll pray for you, bud, whether you believe in the higher power or not, <laughs> if you want to. So uh, I wish you the best. I, I, I welcome the... Um, the sentiment okay um iron man says we're sounding like adults with this topic now i feel old. <laughs> um so iron crash pastor lightens it a little bit grim he said did you ever get royalty checks for being the model for the wizard that got <laughs> <laughs> no, no no sad, sadly not <laughs> oh, that is sad let's see here uh, like having the gray in my beard people actually guess my age approximately right now before it went gray people thought i was much younger (laughs) do you eat beans on toast (laughs) what is that uh it's baked beans on buttered toast yeah Mm. and um so yeah i was born in the 70s uh, in a household with a teacher and my mum was a secretary so we wouldn't have a load of money right that was that was a common common dinner for kids uh, at that time because it's filling you know plenty of plenty of protein from the beans and everything yeah i have <laughs> and spaghetti hoops on toast as well gotcha uh, really, I didn't know so hold on hold on spaghetti hoops is that the same as spaghettios in the state yes okay cool uh david gal came in a little late he said but he wanted to know is there a uh, is there an eta on your common what was it called again the creative commons thing creative commons license Uh, i think you answered that but david would appreciate yeah so uh the people who are anonymously helping me should hopefully have most of the rest of the spells kind of genericized uh by this weekend wow so then i will finish putting together the sort of final first draft and release it at some point next week i can't say specifically but um You'll know. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, bookmark his page. Then you can refresh, 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 refresh yeah. until it shows up. That won't that won't damage your uh, traffic at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you check my blog, which you can link to off my site, um, there's like. 0.1 and 0.2 drafts those do have a copyright statement in because they're not the release version yet um, but then those will be deleted and the public domain version will go up when that's ready uh, Tim the crap-knitted grognard this might be a tough question are you still on speaking <laughs> terms with Zach S that is, that's the guy that had he kind of got that's the guy that had some trouble right I'm trying to remember that dude like, yeah yeah um, so Zach was doing D and D with porn stars before I ever did, gotcha. <laughs> um, and he's an artist. And like most artists, he's fairly uncompromising. Uh, he produced a couple of supplements for Lamentations of the Flame Princess, which were extremely well received, won awards, and so on. 
and then has accused him of all sorts of things. And so far as I know, that still hasn't been tested in court or anything. So I I don't know what Satine. No, not Satine. Um, Different lady. Yeah, different lady. Okay. Satine was in his group that played, but okay, that's wasn't why his par- wasn't that's his why. partner. Okay. Uh, so Zach has gone to bat to defend me when I've been accused of horrible things and I've gone to bat for him when he's been accused of horrible things with no evidence but we don't like each other (laughs) (laughs) okay I mean I I personally don't have any issue with him other than he has been a dick to me personally right and um I heard he was like that a lot online. That, that was a little bit of going on. He, uh, I'm kind of similar to Zach in a lot of ways, and I can't let things lie, and he can't let things lie. He's, he has to continue fighting and pushing and, and needling at people and taking their arguments apart constantly. And I understand why, um, because you know he's been involved in porn. His partner was involved in porn. His game group was involved in porn. And there was a lot of hate thrown at them. People people forget this. But there was a hell of a lot of hate thrown at them from the what became the woke crowd as being exploitative and all kinds of stuff. Really? Um, That's weird. A, Even though sex work is work? That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> I know. It's, it's a weird thing. Uh, people, people forget. But um, back when G Plus was still a thing, it was, yeah, it was all going on there. Um but yeah, we just we just don't get on. <laughs> Probably because we both can't let things go. <laughs> but I'll still defend him if he gets attacked for something that's bullshit. I mean, I, I I've thought that the whole his persona and that stuff was odd, but I didn't care. <laughs> he's his thing, so let him just. I left I left it alone. Uh, Man, Mandy Mandy Morbid's his partner who right. accused him of things, but. I, I understand that siege mentality, right? When you've got people coming at you day after day, constantly, you, know, you either cut yourself off from it or you fight back, and he's a fight back kind of guy. So, Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't... Whatever I think of his antics, if he's being falsely accused, yeah, then it's false. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. we know... I mean, um, after... The Weinstein, 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 Weinstein guy. Yeah. You know, instead of just going after folks who really did things, it just became this blanket. You're a dude. You made me feel uncomfortable for yeah. some reason. So I'm going to put yeah. you on the list. Yep. On the list. I don't think anyone anyone's denying that horrible things happen, but we've got to respect rule of law. Yeah, just because um, somebody accuses you doesn't mean you've done it. So yeah. that's one of the that's one of the great things about Western law is innocent until proven guilty, not accused of being involved in a crime like some dude said. Yeah, yeah that's one of the things I really hate about society at the moment is right. The law doesn't matter. By the time it gets to a court, your reputation's already ruined. You can't do anything about it. Nobody wants anything to do with you, even if you're found innocent. I mean, Zach did did win a tangential case of uh, libel against him by um, a guy called Etin online. Yeah, he won a cash settlement off him, but then people just gave Etin the money to to cover it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's not learned anything. So. No, no. 
well, Graham, thanks for being on. I know you got to go, bud. Um, we really enjoyed having you. It was good to talk, and uh, looking forward to that Creative Commons license. Is, uh, is there anything you want to you want to uh, uh, pimp any of your stuff right now? And new stuff? Um, check out my website. Okay. Uh, bye. Whitechester, obviously. Um, that was a hell of a project, and I did nearly die making it. So. <laughs> oh, now, now I gotta buy it. Listen to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there any U.S. stores that carry that? Uh, no, I wouldn't even know where to start with distribution anymore. But you can get it through Lulu.com, the print okay. on demand. Same. Yeah. And they usually have discount codes that you can put in. Though they've been a bit stingier with those recently. Um, but you can probably find one online somewhere. How much? Um, do you know how much they're? Uh, how much do they charge for it? I will. I will check for you. Pretty thick book. Is it black and white interior? It's black and white interior. Oh, and it's okay. soft well, cover. That would be too bad. It's not too bad. It's the shipping that kills you these days. Right. Uh, well, Lulu can print that locally and ship locally here in the states. So. Yeah, that's that's how they work. Um, cool. So it won't be too bad. Uh, I think it's forty nine ninety nine dollars. I think I can only see it in pounds. So. Okay. When's that going to be in BGE, Graham? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I have to okay. put, <laughs> I have to put this behind me, the wow. uh, the OGL thing. Yeah, I was going to take it easy this year, but it has not been an easy start. <laughs> well, dude, yeah, try to feel better. Make sure Graham's healthy, and then do what you can. And we look forward to your work and all the things you do, man. Um, cool. Hold on a second. As far as codes. Mm-hmm. David Guile is saying welcome 10 or welcome 15 usually works for him. Yeah, there's usually some kind of welcome code that works. Um, you might also want to check um, the, the plug-in thing. Honey will usually flag up if there's a if there's a discount. Okay. Sometimes you can get free shipping. So oh, okay. It's worth a try. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that internet trick. Honey? Honey, yeah. Honey.com? It's a, it's a plug-in for your browser. Um, ah, honey plug-in. Oh, that doesn't sound like a good set of words to put into it. <laughs> no, probably not. Plug into the honey. No, that's probably not good. I'll, I'll do something later. Yeah. Bruce don't want says, to Joe, Bruce says, big excuse, I'd like to see a link to Lulu from BG. I don't know if that's a thing. Um... Don't you already hook up with Lulu? For, yeah, for but it. it's in the in the background. So if someone has a book, and by someone I mean David Guile, um, <laughs> he has a couple of books there. But the link to Lulu is in the background. Uh, we don't link directly to them. Cool. Right. It is half past two in the morning, and I have to be up late tomorrow as well. So. I will bid you adieu. Thanks. Take care. Night. Happy to Thanks come back sometime. On. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll yep. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. That was fun. All right. That was real fun. Okay. So now that um, we can get uh, focused on a couple of things, we're probably not going to have time to do dungeons again. <laughs> Darn. Darn. We'll just, we'll just go to the. Random geekitude, probably. Oh, yeah. I got to. I got to talk about the contest too. We got to get some of that in. So. Yeah, contest, and um, we have been remiss. Uh, Grim has talked for a couple of hours, so I didn't have a chance to say uh, things that we needed to, like subscribe. <laughs> oh, sorry. People were engaged. Yeah, it was great. Okay. We had uh, we had over thirty people at one point. 
Uh, but subscribe uh, if you are not already. Um, hit the thumbs up, the bell notification, do all that stuff so that you can know when we have our stuff out. Um, let me see. Did we garner any uh, new subscribers during the course of the evening? Yes, two. Awesome. Cool. Good you deal. guys are great. Yes. Went up to 370. Good deal. Good deal. Oh, oh, David wants to know when BGE is getting that printer. What's he talking about? <laughs> is that, exp that right. something expensive? <laughs> so, uh, David Guile and I were offline talking about um, things like this and printing. And um, Trollor Games recently, fairly recently, had a post about a printer they just got. Oh. Um, this was back maybe in November, something like that, maybe. Mm-hmm something around November or sooner or, or November or earlier last year. Right. Well, I looked that one up and that was 14 or $15,000, oh. but it's also a printer that can print high, uh, a pretty, uh, pretty heavy volume. Oh, okay. Uh, well, okay. Let me back up. It's not a printer. It was a binder. Okay. So it binds, so books are printed in, ah, there's a technical term I looked up now. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but in sections. And you put those little sections together and then you bind them together inside of a media like the paperback or hardback or wire, something like that. Gotcha. And, you know, um, it's, uh, they're expensive. So, $15,000 if we wanted to be on par with them for just binding. So that's not the, the, the thing that prints the uh, the pages out, which is a different kind of printer. And it would be a print signatures. Thank you. Thank you, Max. Um, so the printer that would do that, I hadn't looked up yet. But so for us to be able... Um, oh, they have a full printing press as well. Right. So... Yeah. Yeah, and if we could, if we could buy a buy like warehouse space or office space, mm -hmm. have a printer for the signatures and a binder, and um, all that, it would cost a lot of money. We could, it would even cost a lot of money if I put them in my garage. Yeah. I need to fix up my garage a little bit better to be more um, so that the roof leaks and there's a couple of things that we need to get repaired so we could support having that kind of equipment in it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Flady is saying uh, saddle binders, 20 grand. I think that troll Lords was um, cheaper. They might've got a used one. I think it, that, well, when I looked up the price, it was 14 or 15,000. So it all depends probably on the, the size and the volumes that you're trying to print out. Even if we were going to go modest, it's still going to be several thousand dollars. Now, on a related topic, we have merch. Yeah, baby. Dig this. We have a few coffee mugs um, and a T-shirt. Let me see about pulling that up. Oh, you're doing that. T-shirt historian says Trollord is a printer. They have a full printing press. It's how they keep their prices down. Paizo and Watsi both outsourced to China. TLG prints right in there. Yeah, and I, I flashed this. I flashed everybody earlier. Some of you missed it. But I flashed my uh, Troll Lord. This is the GM screen. I got the character pad of sheets. I got an adventure. 
bought myself the cool monster manual one type thingy for their monster manual. I got the new eighth edition print and I got the new castle keepers print. I just got all that sweet stuff in the mail today. Uh, that's pretty cool. So very exciting news there. Right. I'm going to get all the, the pages ready. So you want to show yeah, folks some, folks some cool stuff. stuff. Okay. Oh, Flady said you'd have to upgrade our home's power box, house power box to. Oh, oh I'm sure. By twelve thousand K. Oh, he knows the stuff. Okay. Yeah, there's. It would not. It would not be a small endeavor. So what we would need to do is sell lots of stuff, or have well, some sort of. Oh, hey, hey. Just saw it. Good news, everyone. Mm -hmm. We have a brand new print-on-demand volume, two of them. Uh, well, one volume out on the the uh, out on the store. Oh, cool! And it's cow punchers reloaded. Yeah, yeah. So, from basic expert. Basic expert put his thing yeah. up on POD. I'm gonna uh, verify the the thing, but anyway, POD. He has one uh, where you can just get the print-on-demand book and then. The book and PDF. So awesome. Two, we now have two print on demand books. Malachi wants to know when I'm going to get a hat. We need to have some hats. Okay. Okay. So hats. I want these stretchy kind. So the hats are an issue. Because the hats are embroidered. So I have to make the, I have to do the, the image that we send in for like say the mugs or the shirts is one thing, but to uh, have them slapped on a hat requires a retooling of the image. So, um, cause they, the maximum number of colors it can take is six. And there were apparently a lot more in the uh, big ink emporium logo, mainly because of the fire so the fire has like three different colors in it because of the way I made it. Uh, the sword is a different color. The words Biggie Comporium is one color. And then there's like kind of a white glowy part to it. And then there's an in-between color. So it's it's kind of confusing to them. Did, it, did everybody just go to Biggie Comporium? Because it just slowed down a lot. Hopefully, hopefully everybody's buying the mugs and stuff. They're awesome. Joe's got to show you. I've already ordered three and the t-shirt, right? No, I got Joe got me a t-shirt. So yeah. I got you the t-shirt. Well, oh, I meant to wear that tonight. Should I go get it? I'm gonna go get yeah, it. Yeah, go get it. Go get it. You do your thing, dude. Keep them entertained. Okay, so I will just do it this way. It was giving me issues. All right. Let me grab the screen here. Oh, come on. I am a doofus. Share screen. Come on. Allow. All right. How do you like that? Watsy tears. So there are two of these. One's black with white letters. One's white with black letters. Because I thought it was just simple that way. What do you guys think of the... Um, the font 
Let me see if I can make it bigger. It's a font that uh, I've never heard of called Aldo, Aldo the, I can't remember the, I can't remember it now. Aldo something or other. Watsy Tears. There are two versions of that. One's uh, a white mug, one's a black mug. Stand up a little bit so we can see see your chest, chesticles. My, ch- <laughs> my chesticles. You know it, son. Big Geek Emporium. Look at it. Represent. Oh, yes, yeah. uh, we have 11 or 15. Yep. Ounce mugs. Is that good? Yeah. All right, so there's that. Um have our logo actually that's better big geek emporium there's also a black and white version a white mug and a black mug now you're going to see that some of these mugs are only available in the u.s for some stupid reason right um i can't remember whether it's the black mug or the white mug cannot be sent overseas but probably has something to do with the materials who knows and then there we go the shot Arman says he would like a dainty teacup I don't know if they have dainty teacups but I will look Yes, Flady, we do. Joe, was, it was a brilliant idea by Joe. We need a new spell that has wizard tears as ingredients. Yeah, you got to get the. I bought three of those cups. One of them I'm going to give away. So if you hang on to the show, it's going to be a giveaway one day. I'm going to give one away. A 15-ounce mug is enough to be happy for six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I drink it down. Boom, I'd slam 15, 15 ounces. That's nothing. Well, it's, it's your typical mugs. I mean... Um, those those are the sizes that they have. That's just me. That's me and Bruce. Now they do have. um, That's how it works. If people are interested, I I am planning on adding more different uh, products. Uh, If they have um, travel mugs as well, uh, I will see if they have like the, um, the ones where you can put hot or cold in. Yeah. And those will likely come in bigger sizes, something like that, or the tall skinny ones. Mm-hmm. Good news. All right. So yes, we have merch. So go buy it. Go buy it, baby. Because this goes to this goes um, to support us directly. Um, it's for the the store and for Big Geek and um, Biggest Geekus. So that's our that's all ours. Mm-hmm. I haven't. Uh, I don't know if uh, if even anybody else would be in, on the on the shop would be wanting their own merch, but. Yeah, I don't really even know how to do that individually for people out there on our store. Um, it was hard enough just to get that set up. Anyway. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Calls the wizards. <laughs> I was wondering how I could make some kind of dig apart from Watsy Tears. but uh, I liked your weasels of the coast. Yeah, that's good too. Weasels of the Coast. That's pretty good. We should do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll look at travel mugs there. If um, It doesn't cost anything to have a product advertisement. We don't have any 
um, inventory. All this is print on demand, um, which is why there may be a little more expensive than you might be used to. But yeah, Weasels of the Coast, I like it. It's good. But we can do both. We can. Oh, so nothing to report on. Shall we move on or? Yeah, yeah. Well, nothing to report really on Dungeon 23. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, one more. One more. I keep putting off or forgetting to thank at the end of the year. A couple of people made some donations. Oh, yeah. Please do. Uh, one donated 100 bucks and one don- wow. donated 20 or 25. Thank and you. And at this point, I can't remember who did what. So, get up. My apologies for forgetting so long that I can't remember who it was and I can't properly thank those people. But thank you to anybody, everybody who's ever just donated um, straight to, uh, to the big geek um, folks here. That's great. We love it. Yep. And we really appreciate it. Also, we had, um, we've had some people say things in our, in our comments on the videos and in other places that are very flattering. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. um, one person commented in, um, instant follow. This is the best show I've ever seen or something of, the, of that nature. Wow. Really high, really high praise and is really nice. Um, there's been times when I'm like, oh, we suck so bad, <laughs> but we need that. Uh, that and someone said um, um, that it was, our show and maybe one other that they throughout the last couple of years with all the goings on, it made them, it was something they could look forward to. Oh, cool. Good. Yeah. So we, I really appreciate that. That's keeping my head in the game. I need to go take my dogs out. So entertain the people. I will. I will entertain them with the, my awesomeness or not with your Uh, guns, with your guns. Oh, they want to come to the gun show. Gun show. I can bring him with a gun show now. Uh, actually, guys, we have nothing to report on Dungeon 23. We've got lax on that. But good news on my adventure, I wrapped that puppy up, except for I don't have stats for the monsters yet. I've not put them in the, the script. I've sent them to my boy, David Gow. He's doing a look over and telling me all the cool things I can change. The adventure currently is looking at 25 plus pages. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, I am on target. I expect it to be in a big geek emporium for a very cheap cost um in february so i'm pretty excited about that uh i also wanted to uh pimp out a friend's kickstarter um venger satanus of corthalus publishing is going to be uh, doing, he is doing a Kickstarter right now. I'm going to share my screen here in a second to show this. It is a dangerous thing, I know, but here it is on Kickstarter. Uh, he's at about thirty, almost thirty-three hundred of the three thousand dollar pledge goal. He's doing advanced game mastering like an F and boss. Boss Randy will not say that F word, uh, but I will show you guys what it says. Uh, I had a good time at Venger, VengerCon last year. Can't make it this year due to a family reunion, but definitely help him out. Uh, he is, uh, whether you like his stuff or not, and I'm kind of in between, um, it will be uh, 
And so he's somebody you should support if you like his stuff. His stuff is Gonzo, and I know some of you guys do. Um, so I'm expecting that it will be um, something good. And I have the original, How to Game Master Like a Boss, and this is Advanced Game Mastering Like an effing Boss, and I did enjoy that little thing. So definitely give um, him a, a look-see there. Let's see here. What else did I want to chat about here? Um, our uh, good friend Martinson uh, said, uh, pay it forward on the last contest. So he did not choose a prize. Um, so we are doing another contest. And we're going to have it be next week. It's going to be the double whammy giveaway. You can win two of these. You get to pick two of either Cardboard Heroes, Castles, The Keep by uh, Steve Jackson Games, Mythic Races, D20 by Fantasy Flight Games, a 3.0 game. And you can pick from Edge of the Empire Role-Playing Beta Version um, by Fantasy Flight. And of course, now that I have two of these sweet things, Monsters and Treasures, this cover, it is the newest printing, which is the fifth printing. So you can pick two of those four items, and I will ship them both to you post-haste. So what is the contest, you ask? And I know you want to know. Um, I'm going to do something similar to last time. I'm going to have you guess the number of official 3.5 explicitly role-playing game books by Wizards of the Coast. I know they're not our favorite now. So the three five game books that Randy has, okay? Uh, it's more than two and less than a thousand, just like last time. I'm only considering hard copies. I'm not considering any kind of minis or stuff, but I am talking officially 3.5, not 3.0. So they have to be made for 3.5. And we're going to run the contest next episode, just like we did last week. Going to count the guesses, and the closest without going over will win. So if someone, let's say the answer was two, and someone guessed one, and another person guessed three, they're both within one, but the person that guessed one would win. So I'm going to run a contest similar to the Planescape one, except it's going to be for my 3.5 collection of books. Not Dungeon Magazines, not Dragon Magazines, just books, Okay. Um, both Bruce. Bruce asked, am I talking soft or hard covers? I am talking both, but it has to be official Wizards of the Coast product. No third-party stuff. Not that I, I have some of that, but no third-party stuff, just those, those books. Um, uh, I don't know if I would use that word, L, but Venture's a different cat. Scatterbrained, eh, maybe. He's a different cat, but I like him a lot. He's a, he's a pretty friendly dude. Um, I don't think he and I see eye to eye on certain things, but he's got a different approach to stuff. But um, don't count uh, minis. Yeah, Martinson's right. He says if, if we were to count min minis, I would be in trouble counting how many there are. Um, and Martinson, thank you so much for sort of passing on that. I didn't ask him to. He just volunteered, uh, probably out of the kindness of his heart. He's a pretty good dude. Uh, probably felt, shouldn't feel, feel, feel guilty um, 
uh, for like winning too much. And uh, I would ask that uh, maybe uh, well, if he didn't want it, the prizes before, he probably won't participate next time. But uh, oh, Bruce at Dick's Division says, I don't ever want to have to count miniatures. Yeah, dude, that is not good. And you have probably a lot more than me. I have just basically the plastics. I do have my old TSR minis and a few third edition medals that I collected for a while back when my wife used to paint. But um, yeah, I'm not counting those. Just books, softer hardcover, official Watsy books. So it's thanks to Martinson. It's the double whammy contest. You can win two of those items and I will ship them to you as fast as the post can do it. Uh, preferably, I get it sent out the very next day. Um, yeah, and Patrick concurs. Um, he would flat out refuse to count minis. Yeah, Martinson's not going to be in this one. It makes sense. He didn't want to take it before, doesn't want to take it now. And as much as I like my friends, I hope somebody else wins. Because Malachi, oh, you know, guys, I lean a little toward Malachi because I'm afraid he's going to just call us on the whole cheat thing. You know, some other people win. But if they win, oh, well, I can't help it. You know, just because they live near me, I can't hold it against them. So they're more than welcome to participate. I want my friends to participate. Even Martinson could if he wanted to, but he said he's out. So, um Anyway, yeah, um, I think as far as any kind of updates and stuff, that's kind of it. I really enjoyed having Grimm tonight. I, was, I wasn't sure how it would go. Um, didn't really know the guy very well, but he seemed super cool. Um, probably wouldn't game the way he does with the table, what's it called? Table topless, but uh, probably I wouldn't. Um, but uh, he definitely seems like a reasonable guy. You know, you do you, man, we'll do us. And uh, hopefully we can still meet in the middle and agree. We seem to agree on we're not for all this censorship, super controlled by Wizards of the Coast. So um, that's a good thing. Uh, next week, I do hope we get to actually dive into our topic we've been trying to get to forever, our, our thoughts on what makes a good dungeon. Um Oh, yeah, I thought Flady, I actually thought Grimm did a great job on the T-Shirt of Historians channel when they were discussing. He had multiple videos on this whole fiasco with Watsy, and I think he had a lot to say. Um, oh, no, no, L, I'm not, I'm not claiming that's the way that he only plays. It's just that's a part of his gaming that I wouldn't participate even in as, as someone that, you know, watches or anything like that. But uh, the point is, I just think it's so, a... It just goes to show that gamers can have different interests. We all don't have to lock to like the same stuff. Yeah, the content's not for me, Patty. Um, I just, you know, hey, but the point is, he's a reasonable guy, and gamers should be cool to each other, and uh, Watsi needs to remember that. It's a pretty small uh, world in this community we're all in, dudes. So uh, don't be dicks to each other. But unfortunately, I think Wiz Wizard of the Coast may have to learn this the hard way. Um, that's my opinion. Um. Anyway. Um. Anyway. I think I kind of want to end, but I really can't till Joe gets here. So what else should I talk about? Um. I know I've got a couple of my peeps on my adventure reading it. Uh, I think Patrick's giving it a read. And I know David's giving it a read. So I'm excited to see what they say about it. Uh, Patty, I think I'd mentioned, but I'm trying to read. I want to read a little bit of what you sent uh, Joe and I. I thought it looked good. Um, uh, it looked good at uh, uh, first glance. Um, it reminded me of kind of another 
RPG a little, but that's okay. Um, I think Joe mentioned it to you, but um, and he said you really didn't know much about it. I won't talk about it. Uh, he hates that Will Wheaton phrase. What Will Wheaton phrase? Hate Will Wheaton phrase. Somebody said that somewhere. I didn't see it, guys. L said he hates that Will Wheaton phrase. Did I say it or did someone else say it? Huh. So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He was a regular. On Twig. Twig is on Twig. What's Twig? Grim is a regular on Twig. Help me out, dudes. I don't know. I absolutely have no idea what what that is. What Twig is. I don't get the acronym. Oh, 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 okay. Right. He said, don't, okay, yeah. I, I think it's, I mean, yeah, I guess Will Wheaton kind of screwed it for everybody. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry about that. But I, I mean, the sentiment's not bad. It's just it's connected to Will Wheaton. So, yeah, understood. This week, the Weekend Geek. Okay, cool. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your show. I, you know what's fun? <laughs> yeah, t-shirts. My show, dude. <laughs> yeah, like the one I watch, I should actually know the title of. Fair enough. I'm an old man, dude. Give me a break. <laughs> God, who does that show? Oh, my God, guys. Tell you what. Oh, crazy. Yeah, uh, yours yours uh, is probably better though, um, Patty. True. So I, I kind of ran through the uh, the um, double whammy contest we're giving next week with them. Ah, yes. And pimp thank out, you, and thank pimp you out. to Martinson. Yeah, thanks to Martinson for that. So they're going to get a chance to win two prizes. Um, and I pimped out Venger's new book, Advanced Gaming Like an Effing Boss. I have the regular gaming like an effing boss, and it's pretty good. He's got some good just advice. So, um, And I made a phrase that was apparent. I said a Will Wheatonism. I said, don't be a dick. And so apparently that was it. Ah, there you go, Malachi. Be excellent to one another. There you go. I've had a bit of a potty mouth tonight, so mm-hmm. to watch that. Tell you what, watch these got me riled up, dude. Um, oh, Cal has the first cardboard heroes SJ ever did. Need to look that one up. Yeah. So is this look up to see how how many products are in that line? Yeah. 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 I have two of them. Both are still in the shrink, so I don't feel bad giving one away. I was thinking of something else that we could put up in the Big Geek Emporium, perhaps, if we yeah. can get somebody to make, I don't know if they do print-on-demand dice. Oh. If we did some D20s, maybe largish, where oh, we yeah. this, had this is for, for the 20 on the D20. Yes, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Right on. Had the devil horns. Devil horns for D20 with the 20 on a D20. Yeah. Malachi asked, didn't uh, Palladium do some too? They might have. Did they do the devil horns on the 20? Yeah. Is he talking about that? I'm not sure what he's talking about. Is he, are you talking, Bruce, are you talking about uh, dice with uh, devil horns like this? No, no. It looks like, I think Malachi was responding to us. L was talking about, um, 
boycott oh, no, on no. Among Thieves. Uh, L was talking about that, and then Bruce said, "Watch party on Discord." Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, cardboard heroes type stuff. Okay, okay. He was talking about that. Yeah, I, Palladium probably did do that. Um, yeah, so that was not in relation to that. So that's a good idea, Joe. I think we should talk about that. I, I know that making isn't making dice kind of expensive. I could be confused, but I'm not really sure. If we just took a some pre-made dice, I think it used stuff. to. Okay, but I, considering all of the different dice companies that are on Amazon, there's got to be somewhere we can um, commission that, and maybe I don't. I really don't want to hold inventory. Because then I have to actually, you know, put stuff right. in boxes and mail it out, which is right. very tedious, and I don't want to if I don't have to, but yeah. I will if that's what that's where we want. We'll see. If that's where, where this leads us to. I'm gonna have space too, so we can keep it in my house too, bro. Um, do you think? Um, I thought Grim was a great guest. Grim really. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I actually liked the guy. I think that was lots of fun. Pretty reasonable, dude. Um, anything else, or do we want to? Dude, it's ten o'clock. We probably should scoot on out of here. You got other things you want to talk about? We can't do. We get can't do any kind of justice to our dungeon discussion. Nah, it's late, and I'm starting to get fuzzy already. I could barely talk there for a second. <laughs> okay, if you want to throw us a little cash support, besides going to Big Geek Emporium and buying the merch, which we would love that, uh, we have some cash support cash support options through PayPal, Streamlabs, Anchor. Kofi, is that how it's pronounced? Kofi. Kofi. Yeah, check our website out. Joe's still kind of waiting on that to get wor worked out. But Big Geek Emporium, we're up and running. Sounds like Grimm's going to have some stuff on there, which is awesome. Um, yeah, man. Uh, check us out. Do the things. Do the likes. All that good stuff. So, pretty good show, I thought, tonight. I enjoyed it. I thought a good show. I thought it was a good show. Yeah. All right. Is that all we're going to do? I think that's it. You got the stuff ready? I do. Well, this is Randy. And this is Joe. And remember, can't be big like us. It'd be geeks like us. Mm -hmm.